Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Chai with Fry. To all of the returning listeners and to all of the new listeners, I hope you're having a swell day, a swell evening, a swell night, just a swell time. <laughs> Chai with Rai is a show I like to call my digital jukebox of hidden gems in which I reach out to working creatives in the entertainment and fitness industry. In the episodes, we discuss all things from life lessons to politics to socialism, culture, history, digital space, and of course, the industry itself. Now, just a little backstory of the show. Chai with Rai is a pre-recorded live show which I transfer to podcast. So to watch any of the videos of the show, simply go to YouTube and just type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. You can also find the information on the episode itself or the guest in the bio or the description of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment and share the podcast. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow. Also make sure to follow the amazing people that are on the show and give them some love. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What is up everybody? I hope you're looking forward to today's episode because I have been wanting to get today's guest on for such a long time and I came across today's guest, Ishita, Ishita on the good old social media, um, as you do anything and I stalked her and I was like, oh my god, the way she moves, the way she choreographs, the way her movement is visually displayed is just beautiful and I would like to one day meet this person and experience it in life form because I don't know if your brain works like mine does but seeing something like through a medium that is Instagram or video experiencing it firsthand being in a rehearsal room with them is completely something different and I said this to her as well like people do fantasy football I create Avengers of dancers and she would be in my Avengers of dancers a couple of the reasons of why I wanted to get Ishita on the show was I have predominantly worked as a performer and behind the scenes in Europe and UK but I wanted to know the perspective of how it is to be South Asian to be American and work in the entertainment industry like what are some of the similarities that we have what are some of the differences that we have and it was really interesting to talk about some of the things and she has a brilliant brain and she speaks very eloquently so I would say if y'all have a space get her in there because she has great insight and we also one of the things that I wanted to talk about is that there's this mystery and not a space yet where I think classical Indian dance hasn't been contemporified or coded into a format which is similar to like let's say a Horton technique and I think the space is very much gray because we have contemporary Bollywood contemporary or Indian contemporary but we don't have that you know that that space and I, I wanted to ask her that being a Paratnatyam dancer and being classically trained and her company image that does work like that that is hybrid based so yeah we dive into a lot of those things as well as having banter and talking about her work which you know I love to do but I'm gonna give you a little bit of a lowdown on Ishita and I literally am just gonna say this so much laws in today's episode and also before I read her CV her resume some of the credits I'm gonna butcher some of the names but just bear with me just go with me be gentle um okay <laughs> so let's get into it Ishita is a Bengali American director choreographer dancer based in New Jersey. She is the disciple of Sri Rakesh Sai Babu. She is a student of SMT Sudha Devalopuli Pala, Pali, Pali, Kalanjali School of Dance. I already messed up. Her solo credits include, oh God, brace myself, Priti Vasudevan, Mechnan. Is it Mechnan or Mechnan? Guys, correct me. Or, oh, you know, 
do something. Machinen, Geiser, Monica Kapoor, and Sumit Nakdev. Her music videos that she's done for people, for artists such as Ravesh, Momin, and Slika. Also, by the way, since we filmed this and recorded this episode, I just want to give you props, Ishita, because she has co-choreographed and is an ensemble member for Hair in the States, which I just want to say, even in the UK or Europe alone, as a South Asian person to get co-choreographer or be a South Asian person in ensemble, let alone a lead cast. I mean, I know you have the life of Pi, but like... That is something monumental. We need more South Asian representation, people, if you're listening out there. Um, she's also been featured in Pulse Magazine, Dance Informer, and Paragraph. Her company, Image, by the way, check it out. And if you're from a dance festival or anything like that or a funding space, please go check them out and give them that space. But Image has performed at festivals such as Seattle International Dance Festival, Kalagora Arts Festival in Mumbai, New Victory Theatre, Divas for Democracy, and Lincoln Center. Also, she has been a part of an experimental short film called A Prayer, which was awarded Best Experimental Film at the White Unicorn IFF and was a finalist at the Asian Cinematography Awards amongst eight other international film festival selections. (sighs) That was a mouthful. (laughs) Anyways, I hope you get your cuppers ready and let's dive into today's episode, people. So, thank you. Thank you. It's also so nice to meet you. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. I wanted to meet you. And there's a couple of other South Asian dancers that we'll get into that I'm like hassling down to be just like meet, talk, and like, yeah, we'll get into that. But before we do anything, we're going to play a little game. Are you ready? Okay, I'm so ready. This I'm is like, your introduction. I did not create this game. I'm a massive fan of Ellen DeGeneres. She plays this game, which is called Five Second Rule. Oh my god. Okay. And you basically have to name three things. I'll give you scenarios, but you have to name it in five seconds. As I don't have the budget that Ellen does, obviously, I'll just use the power of my hands. Okay. And I have a great imagination. So there we go. There we go. I, by the way, I saw one of your interviews recently where you had a Starbucks cup. And I don't know why I thought you were going to bring up a Starbucks cup today as well. I, I did an interview with Starbucks. Oh, I did. And I'm so embarrassed. I'm not really into Starbucks. So let's just like I, thought you were, I thought you were like promoting Starbucks. So like not a choice. Starbucks bit here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Five second rule. Ishita, let's do this. Your first, okay, your first thing. Name three different ways of saying. Are you ready? Your legs zoned in. I'm hungry. I'm a kiddie peche. Oh, I can't think right now. Don't talk to me. Wait, what was the first one? I'm assuming that's in Bengali. Guys, you said it in Bengali. I'm a kiddie peche. I'm a kiddie peche. Yeah, like kiddie, kiddie is hunger. So. Okay, okay. I'm going to write that down. I, li- I like to learn I'm hungry in every language. Yeah, um, you use that one a lot, so. I'm here for that. Three things you do as soon as you wake up groan uh go back to sleep and look at my phone (laughs) that was a good one (laughs) last two three instagram accounts you can never scroll past uh rob vines sangsta and Mm. did you say myself i said myself because (laughs) you have to scroll through your (laughs) (laughs) last one okay you have to do an impersonation here okay um we both have a love for this person and hopefully you can do this after doing impersonation 
Yeah, imagine you are this person, okay? Three things MIA would say to a cashier at TJ Maxx. Go. I'm so like, fuck the cash system. <laughs> <laughs> you do know I was going to say do Roger Kumari, and I feel like everybody does like, but then I went to Bimbi. Oh, I probably wouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just like said a few lines of a rap. <laughs> well, hello. How are you? Was that nice? That was, you know, I feel like I should play more games. <laughs> you should like, hey, you got it. That's what, that's what you have to do. You got to, as, as soon as you get into rehearsals, do a game. Sometimes it can yeah. just be too intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I'm like, say jokes and stuff, but. There you go. Let me get some Angry Bird or some shit, you know? There you go. I'm all about all <laughs> dad jokes. Dad jokes are the Dad joke, yeah, that's where we're at for sure right now. Dad jokes. You know? So, how are you? How is life? What did you have for breakfast? How comes you're wearing eyeshadow? Like, what is the special occasion? No, I think, like, these days when I wake yes. up, I have to do eye... Like, okay, no, number one is I have to do eyeliner, yeah. And my eyebrows. Like, if I don't do those two things, like, I'm not human. Um, <laughs> Did you go through the pencil-thin eyebrows by any chance? Um, I, what, I just passed that. Like, I okay. was just old enough to not do that. I did pluck my own eyebrows on my own. Um, but I didn't... I actually don't think I did that terrible. Like, I never went too skinny because a lot of okay. my older cousins, like, went way too skinny. And I was like, let me learn from their horrible mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. At least you didn't bleach them. Lots of people also bleach them as well. No, I, I always liked the, like, I started filling in my eyebrows before okay. anyone did. <laughs> I'm the original. Fuck off, Karen Delevingne. No, I'm just kidding. Well, like, before, like, the, like, Kardashians or whatever, like, the the filling in the eyebrows thing became, like, really big. Like, I, I Yeah, started... I feel like Cara Delevingne popped that off. Yeah, sorry. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like she put it on the mouth in terms yeah. of big eyebrows again. Yeah, but, which yeah. I'm grateful. Yeah. Because I'm into it. Okay. And then how has your day been? How's your week been? What did you have for breakfast? Um, today I had oat milk. Okay. Just on its own? Just on its own. It depends on the day. I'm not like a very routine person, you know? Okay. Yeah. Other than the eyebrows. That's the routine. <laughs> and the groaning and then going back to and bed. The groaning and then kind of like going back and forth. Those are all very routine. Other than that, we don't have a strict routine here. But it's, you know, things have been cooking lately. It's been a little bit more creativity in the air. I don't know yeah. how it is over there, but things kind of are relaxing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, here, same. Same. Yeah. Um, in Jersey, it's like, I think like we hit the like 70% vaccinated kind of. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know? So things kind of feel like there's an air to it now. Um, right. So a lot of like creative projects going. So a little bit, you know, it's, it's moving again. So does this mean the enigma of Krishna is back in? in... Oh, you really did some research over here. <laughs> Listen, I I go out. Starbucks cup, not one. I I have that. notes. I have pages. Okay. I have I have videos. I That's have everything. Great. I I research, man. I I'm... research on every one of them. Wow. Okay. Well, in love already. <laughs> um, oh my God. Enigma. Yeah. So actually, I don't know. I feel like I, 
particular project might change form. Okay. A lot of rumination meditation has happened in the last year in general. Yeah. What kind of work I want to make and how I approach work. So that one was an idea that was conceptualized right before the pandemic. Okay. So, yeah, I think I'm in the mythology world specifically, I want to be more critical and nuanced than I have before. I think it's not just like taking another spin on existing stories, like how yeah. can we um, analyze what the context is today and, and how meaning has passed, you know? through the okay. different tellings. It's uh, like, it's a little murkier, especially I have a weird relationship with the idea of Krishna. I kind of like, don't like how a lot of stories of Krishna have influenced our society or, you know, ways of growing up. Yeah. So. I think you yeah. talk about that. In that specific interview, you talked about the fact that um, how female gods are depicted and Durga Ma is the only one who's considered to be of that sort of caliber, if I'm using that word correctly. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in that sort of like gives the boys the same horsepower as, as you know, the other, the other female gods still have that fragility in them. Yeah. Um, in their storylines, in their narratives, in their, in their spirituality, in their powers. So yeah, yeah. we're going to get onto that. But I... Um, too real, too real. I, no, 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 we're going to get into that. I watched <laughs> this, the half an hour performance of Seattle. In um, again, really impressed over here. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, what is it called again? Ter, ter, tre, tre, something. Territory, so, territory. Territory. Um, as I was watching it, I realized the similarities. Um, I'm a massive fan of Beats Antique. Three Sisters is my jam. No Turn, way! Yeah. Like, no I, one knows that song. So. I, I want to go to a gig of this because they're dope as hell. Yeah, they And are. also, you did a song from Slumdog Millionaire, Osaya, where I, when I graduated from, um, in my second year of doing a dance performance, I did Osaya as well. And you did some barrel turns and things like that where there's maneuvering and this female dancer is doing barrel turns towards the start. And I had a projection and I still have this image of this dancer in the back doing hand gestures and puppetry as I'm doing barrel turns and coming towards the front. And I was oh like, God. wow. F of brains, you know, same wavelength. Well, I just, I just think it's like, it's, an, it's a connecting thread of how, you know, sometimes we feel as South Asians or as creative people, like A, we have like the best idea or like nobody understands us. We're like this on this effed up sort of situation. But I think it just goes to show like, I don't know if you're a spiritual person, but kind of like cosmically, I think yeah. like work is, you know, it, yeah, it's, it speaks. I feel like it's like when you get it, you yeah. like really get it you know I feel like experiencing work like when you meet someone of like the same wavelength they don't have to have the same background or like the yeah. exact same style but when they um they just have like a an un innate understanding you know and I don't know if that is a spiritual thing um because it's it, you don't always know who's gonna have it but when you know yeah. like it's just like a feeling sometimes agree you know? and then like they just get it so. Also, did um, did you have some people who messed up your lighting in that performance? Because I feel like there's there's a section when there's the rain music and you're doing doing like beautiful movements, and I'm like, is it just because it's on film? 
<laughs> I caught um the lighting for territory actually was great, but the oh, camera I think the camera exposures and stuff were crazy and made it look Got all it. sorts of ways. Cause stage lighting is a like I never like posting stage performances. You said that because yeah. you were like, What's the point of it? It's um, you know, people need to come and experience the stage. Yeah. And, I yeah. still believe that, but <laughs> <laughs> But also the things like lighting and stuff, like you design things to be experienced in that way. I just don't think it translates on camera, you know. Agreed, agreed. Okay, I'll let that go then because I was going to have beef with the festival. Oh, and I was listen, just mostly, usually yeah. lighting is god awful all the time. So okay. <laughs> we've got some, we've got some arguments to do. We do, we do. Um, we're going to get into this. And we'll right. start and we'll try and make this as organic and as quick as possible. I love I love a good conversation, but like yeah. I also know the power of just <laughs> chatting chatting S for the sake of, you know, just like Listen, talking. I've been dying to meet you. So <laughs> I have been dying Okay. Out. So this okay, there's a group of Avengers that I wanna meet and <laughs> I wanted to go to DDCon with all of you. It's you, oh. it's Brinda. It's two people from Project Convergence. Convergence. Oh, Vikas and Ramitha. Amit, I've met him already. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like he'll be just a great addition to this entire cast. Yeah. Um, I'm searching for a real, another like a Malayali dancer. Malayali. Because there's not a lot of Malayali dancers. There are some Malayali dancers in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm looking for a Malayali dancer um to to really connect with and kind of see that experience of it but um yeah, yeah i you i'm like forming Those are, my you've already named some of my like favorite people ever i'm i'm well brinda's coming next week oh so, yeah so i'll be interested to talk to her about yeah. just situations but yeah you guys are part of my american avengers team where i just want to meet you and i want to discuss <laughs> like yeah, and if Diddy Khan ever comes back, I really want to come back and like yeah. I want to be. Is Brian still the guy who does the organization of it? No, I'm not that involved with Diddy Khan per se. Yeah. Like we've all like come in and taught at some point, um, not like collectively at the same time. I don't really know because Diddy Khan is really like a collegiate kind yeah. of um, circle. situation. Situation, which I was not really a part of that growing up either. Like I wasn't. Um, so it's an interesting like way of everyone meeting, um, but yeah, I, don't, I have no idea where they are right now. I don't think Brian's in charge anymore, though. Okay, well, if anybody listens to this, I know. I mean, we just, need community and organization, just, like for just sure, that. You know? That'll be great. I'll fly over. I'm already coming to New Orleans to do some work with a company. Oh yeah, God. actually, you should you should come with when I come to what New Orleans. One of my friends, she runs a company, it's called Artivism Dance Theatre. Um, she created it while she was here. And it's basically about creating work that is around political and social um, subjects. So we've done works on PTSD in the military. We've done like a, 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 sh a showcase called Catcalls and Compliments, which is all about like sexism and catcalling women. And yeah, I think you should come and like oh teach something. All right, both of you. There we go. Um, so yeah, my uncle Shukolan Padacharya, so that's his name. He has a dance company called Shukolan Dance Entourage based in Kolkata, which is where my family and everything is from. His style is um, 
it's very influenced from different forms of classical as well as contemporary, as well as folk styles. So like mostly um, rooted in Mayurbhanj Chow, um, Bharatnatyam, Odissi, Manipuri. Um, so you Manipuri could say, well. huh. yeah, 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 Manipuri. Um, he was mostly like Manipuri was one of his strongest um, trained forms. Um, as well as elements of like contemporary and world dances. So mm -hmm. it was like the Indian contemporary before, you know, of the, that era, you know. Um, I was already introduced to like fusion at a very young age. So I grew up like literally born watching <laughs> his dance videos. Like I would not eat unless his videos were playing. Wow. Um, so at the age of two, there is like a video somewhere of, um, I also simultaneous with, simultaneously watch a lot of Barney. Oh like, my God, I used to love Barney. Barney. I love you, you love me. I was into that like hard. So I had like a yellow I love a Barney. Did you actually? I had a yellow Wait, I'm yellow trying blanket. to find something if I found it. Oh, is, is, is this part of the memory situation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you went in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is this um, is this part of the showcasing situation? All that you're of that. About? Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, like, when mm. I got to like four, five, yeah. I think it was like five in there. I like choreographed my own dances. Like, people would bring <laughs> me to their weddings, and I would have like I made my own stuff. Like, one of my yeah. classics was like Silsilahe, and like Nimbura. How old were you when Devdas came out? Oh, you're 23, 24, aren't you? I'm 25. I had oh, to think okay. about how old I was. <laughs> it's okay. You still got time. I'm still, oh, okay. I'm still way ahead of you. Don't you worry. No Enjoy way. your 20s. Wait, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. How old are you? I'm in my 30s, mate. Oh. I thought you were like... <laughs> <laughs> no. And we're also going to talk about how we're similar in the fact that we don't like to celebrate birthdays. Oh, God. How, no. However, I love getting older every year. You don't, apparently. Oh, which is... no, I do. I actually do. Like, I really like myself now more than I did a lot. Yeah, but you said every year you set yourself goals. And it's it's part of that journey where you do, if you don't reach that goal, that's the saddening part of it. Yeah. But, like, <clears> my, I feel like the overarching growth is like a lot like i'm grateful for my like brain where i am now then like yes like i'm appreciative of growth you know i'm like Agreed. just not even linear conversations are not good <laughs> <laughs> it's fine so we were talking about your uncle you would yeah, not yeah, eat yeah. and then you got to the age of four or five where you started choreographing your own little um yeah. not little but yes your own dances I yeah, the point being, like, my creativity was already there. Like, I was, like, ma like my mom wasn't making dances for me. Like, I had routines that I would remember the moves. And, like, yeah. I, would, I would, like, if someone cut me off at five minutes, I'd be like, hey, it's a seven-minute <laughs> song, and I'm going to do the whole thing, you know? Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so I was, like, very confident and full of life, and, like, I loved dance. That was, like... No one was, like, I then started, you know, my mom put me into ballet. And then I started learning from my uncle. And then I started Paranatyam all around that, like, four to five age. And then then rules came in and, like, discipline <laughs> came in. And then I was like, wait, 
fun anymore. <laughs> Did you have to do theory? The only thing I don't like about classical training is the fact that you have to do theory as part of the syllabus, which I think is a great tool, but sometimes can hinder somebody if they're not. Yeah, it's one of those curriculums, which I think about the larger, like just education methods in general, that it's not tailored to different children's needs, which yeah. is hard to do, right? Because you just have a full class of kids and you don't know whether dance is going to stick with all of them. And chances are, it's not going to stick with most of them. Like, yeah. you know, traveling onwards. So for me, like theory and things like that just never stuck in my brain. And honestly, they still don't. <laughs> like my brain just doesn't, like sometimes I have to review the names of mudras because I just can't remember. Like my brain, like I can see it and I can do yeah. and I can know the meaning like internally, but then like the just, you know, scientific name, like those things, like I'm not, like I'm very short term memory. But you went to but med school and you graduated. And you did business. Short-term memory does, like, a lot. Okay. You, know? you, like, got a cram for your, like, biochem test tomorrow. Like, I did yeah. the day before. Two days later, <laughs> ask me a single question. I don't know. Done. Save my life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not the best, but certainly got me through further than I wanted to. Hey, got you into places. Um, discussing of dance, what... I know you did solo showcases and you did a lot of work. And I'm assuming, what age did you do your, oh, I always get this word wrong. I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. I got you. Um, I was <laughs> <laughs> Because I always end up pronouncing it as And I think yeah. it's, the, it's the ending of it. Arangretum, right? Arangetram. Yeah. Arangetram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So I did that at 15. Yeah. Um, which is, I think the average-ish age. It, it, it's like in the U.S., people really try to get their arangetram in like before college. Really? Like get it in. So Is it like an initiation it situation? Resume, oh. And then apply to college and it's like, into my arangetram. And then you like stop dancing after. <laughs> yeah, but do they understand, like colleges, do they understand the fact that if it's a South Asian classical dance that you have kind of like graduated, if you put this terminology yeah, there? Yeah, you would say like dance graduation and like it's like a cultural it. experience. It's like people do their arangetram because it's like it'll make me look cool. different. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, I don't love the I don't love the premise of why kids do arangetrams in this country. Like the goals are not. I think it's not just because I genuinely like want to learn. Um, yeah. And I like want to, like a lot of people treat arangetrams as like a finishing point. Like I graduated and I'm done. Whereas I believe yeah. that arangetrams are the stepping stone into the doing. whole world of what dance can be um so i did my earning ethereum at 15 um and i think that was like the worst i've ever danced <laughs> like i really? look at my earning ethereum videos now and i'm like oh my god um, you should put it up i'd love to see some of it i really wanted to we'll see, see was know, it that's not my... your um the kahani situation was it oh my god i've lost it i'll bring it up in a bit okay 
don't. Oh, Rastraka. Uh, oh, I really wanted to see that. But I only saw like a minute and a half of that trailer. And yeah, I, like, I didn't put that up fully anywhere yet. Um, it's okay. I'll get that off. I'm, th this is my thing. I meet people and I just get like little just, project like, them? Oh my God. I'm like, hey, can I get it? So like I, I get like secret project. convince me to do that. I, I'm I, happy to send it to you. Please. <laughs> please. With the Vimeo code and everything. Ooh, uh, we can talk about it. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, so basically I did my earning it through my like 15 and then I went through a whole dance existential like crisis. I guess even just like New Jersey because we just have a high Indian population here. Yeah, the the Arangetram culture in the U.S. I do think it is a U.S. specific thing, actually, um, that the way that like Arangetrams are just kind of like a means to an end instead of just learning the art form because you really appreciate it. But um, yeah, then 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 came like after that was like hip hop and me branching out into different worlds. And is that when UFP happened? Or that's that correct. Shortly after I. Basically, in New Jersey, there's this like East Coast dance community, we call it. So it's like mm -hmm. a collective community of like hip hop, um, you know, both professional and community, like people who are entering. It's really like just a larger collective of a community in the New Jersey, New York kind of surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. So it's not fully collegiate. It's like a mix of collegiate and also like semi-pro then usually people try to run from there. Um, okay. So when I joined UFP, I had like, I, I was fortunate to come in at a time where there was like a lot of directors that ended up going pro. So I yeah. had um, like pretty good training and stuff when I joined that. So that was like a huge shift from Bharat Matthew. <laughs> I don't know. I think they, I th it's, is it weird to say, I think they both have similarities in terms of the pockets and the dimensions that they sit. Because yeah, there's a groundingness and a grittiness that is required for yeah. both of them. Like the pocket that hip hop really stays into yeah. is yeah. very much here. As well as like, I think when you're doing a demi plie situation, which happens in Paratnatyam in the first yeah. position, mm -hmm. that I think those, it is those also pockets... a grounded position. Yeah, yeah. it's very like, um, could, like there can be a heaviness in the steps as well versus like ballet which is very lifted you know yes there's, there's this higher contrast with, with I think that style than Bharatanatyam versus hip-hop the differences Agreed. end up coming in with like I think conceptually come in with like musicality and then yeah. the concept of textures and the like nitty-gritty of dynamic like they're both highly dynamic but use dynamics in different ways um, Agreed. But enough that I think my crossover into hip hop was a little bit more aided by my uncle's training than my pure part, but then my pure oh. damn training. If I hadn't had my uncle's like breadth of fusion, I guess yeah. like the OG kind of fusion um, style, yeah. um, it would have been harder. Um, just because even now, um, classical dancers tend to have a harder time um, thinking in different ways in movement. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen this in your own uh, world. Uh, I think mine is a very interesting answer only because like, I think the classical dancers I know are very experimental in the work that they do here. Yeah. And there's lots of initiatives here now for classical dancers to be able to experiment 
And I think with the usage of, there's a very small community of, from my personal experience, I know there's a tremendous amount of people out there, but I think in the UK, there's, there's a small amount of community in London that transfer over from classical Indian dancers into contemporary, into like Bollywood projects. And Bollywood projects tend to box in like lots of different projects, lots of different houses and elements of things. And so that gives them that experience. And then they start going to classes and then they start, you know, working with like contemporary companies. Like there's this classic, um, perfect dancer who started working with Ron Beer, which is one of the premiering companies in the UK. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of crossover, but Interesting. I, don't, I don't, I can't speak because I don't belong to the classical. Community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say, like, I think it's more common to see classical into contemporary. Um, yeah. Classical into hip-hop is where there's, like, um, I think a harder shift. That's, it's, um, like, the concept of musicality is, that was, that's, like, the one of the hardest things for whatever reason. The way that music is deconstructed in, like, the hip-hop world. Yeah. Very, like, you know, you layer how like instruments are layered and vocals are layered and how you can pick and choose where you come in and out of those different layers. And that concept is like harder. Um, So it's interesting. Even if the fact is, actually this brings me on to two questions, even though my next question is completely different. (laughs) And I asked this of people and I asked this when I had Maven on from Akram Han. Do you think that South Asian dancers, if they need to work in this industry, and be it actors or contemporary dancers, should they have a basis of cultural dancing, be it classical or folk? Do because, South Asian dancers need the background in yeah. our classical or folk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the second question is in terms of the transference of into hip hop, I think from my perspective is that the South Asian community is so kind of like like music is is such a big part of our community where we don't like I, most amount of people I talk to they don't even listen to Bollywood that much they listen to yeah. hip-hop music they listen to like Chameleon Egg the game like DMX and mm-hmm. like Rihanna Beyonce like they yeah, know more yeah. artists that are like there as opposed to South Asian dancers you know South Asian artists sorry yeah some of them don't even know if like a Raja Kumari or a MIA yeah I see that more in India, like India dancers who Got are it. really connected with hip hop. Like there are some incredible yeah. hip hop dancers in India. Like shout Agreed. out like all of Kings. Kings is mm-hmm. like one of the Like yeah. there's so many people that like I wanna like work with in India. In yeah. America, then coming into America it's a little different. Um, I find at least. This is just like my personal observations. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come for her. <laughs> Don't come for me. Um, but um, like the in that you know people like listen to hip-hop and stuff but in the dance community I feel like there's a um, because you're born in America there's like an ownership of hip-hop that like you can just dance hip-hop without even really training and understanding it Mm -hmm. and whereas like in India they're like fighting for their lives to get training and like they're trying to get hungry. all of the things. They're so yeah. hungry and they're trying yeah. to get the real sources. Whereas here it's like all around you and no one even bothers. They're just like, Agreed. I can just watch the video of <laughs> Matt Stefanina and do it. 
Oh, and then Matt. already oh, go to the fusion and already do the, you know, whatever, like body hop and the fusions and stuff. But then when you yes. watch it, you don't see the like heart because they didn't go there, you know? Agreed. No, agreed. Um, so in that, in that question of, you know, should dancers have, um, or should South Asian dancers have like culture, like our cultural dance training? I don't believe that there's only one way, you know, to go about um, your training. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think for all dancers, it's like good to have a base understanding of just what dances in a larger scale. And like, you know, like when, when you start dancing, in America, probably you start with like a ballet. <laughs> yes, such as like, you did till the age of five. Until the age, of, yeah. Um, yeah. But how many options there are, and I know that's like intimidating too, because it's like there's so many, I don't know what to pick. <laughs> um, but cultural, like our classical dances, are not for everyone. And I think that especially like access wise in U in the U.S., it happens to be that the highest access points are. Paratnatyam and like Kathak and then maybe ODC are just like the three ones that you could you have direct access to in like yeah. just because we have more gurus in those styles than any other style yeah. um I think it's important to like know what they are but um yeah I don't know that it's required but it's hard now like I know South Asian perf trying to aspiring artist professionals um or like maybe I should have done more like like Indian classical dances because that would have made me stand apart a little bit more <laughs> yeah and not get lost in this like industry like you know like the New York LA industries are pretty brutal here but um yeah it's and I think it I don't know if it should be an overarching requirement but at the same time I wish that Indian dances um, or Indian classical dances were just more understood and trained in. So I don't know how that would happen otherwise. No, there's a, there's a there's a word beginning with B, ending with D that needs to respect it a little bit. You got that. <laughs> and it's a bit hard because I belong to that industry and it makes me my bread and butter sometimes. Yeah. But we we digress. Oh, what was? <laughs> What was your first ever job as a working dancer paid? What was your first ever paid? Um, as a dancer, I was in the eighth grade. Yeah. And I Damn. was Damn. working with my uncle. Okay. Who also is like an international like touring like choreographer artist. Um, okay. So he would, did a um, reality, a guest performance on the reality dance show in Golkata right. on Star Plus. And I was- Were you on Kahani Kharkarki? Which one? Were you on Kahani Kharkarki? No. <laughs> or Tulsi? No. <laughs> I did, um, you know what I did? I did Boogie Woogie. You did Boogie Woogie? I did Boogie Woogie. Nice. Not super proud of it, but I was there at some hey. point in my life. But yeah, I was given a good, like, I think I was given, like, 100 rupees. <laughs> what is that equivalent like, to in dollars right now? They were like, this will hold you over. Your first paid gig. Frame it. What, um, what is the conversion rate right now of 100 rupees into dollars? <laughs> it's like $2. <laughs> Can you get stuff for $2? Can you get, like, a popsicle? Or, like, you get a uh, pack of gum. 
Okay, there you go. Sometimes you need that. You know, got to have good breath. Got to have good breath. Thank God for that two dollars. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was very intrigued by four of your pieces. However, out of those four pieces, I was able to see more sneak peeks of only three. And I think I sent this to you. Territory. You're really making me feel the like why aren't your pieces online situation? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think this is what you should do. You should have done. I think you should have put your work up during the pandemic and you should have charged. And whether that money went to charity, whether that went to your company, whether that went towards like production, whatever that money yeah. went to, I think you, people deserve to watch your work, man. <laughs> even if it, even if it's a little bit, because I'll tell you why. There's not a lot of good, substantial content out there that is that is knowledgeable, that is challenging, that is yeah. I don't know. There's there's just not a lot, and I think throughout from my personal research of what I found, I personally have been very much attracted to the three people which I mentioned, yourself, Brenda, and Project Con uh, Convergence. Because mm -hmm. I think you guys are cooking up something really, really intriguing. So yeah. I, I think you should have. But describe to me the differences and the similarities between territory, your world of dance performance, uh, which we have that in common as well. I performed in the London version of it. Oh, and Rastarakata. So I think that one of the primary differences between those three um, were the audiences that they were shown to, which also dictated, I knew who those audiences were going to be as before I made them. So okay. in order of performance, WAD was my first one, and then it was Rastakata, and then it was Territory is the most recent um, by like two years actually. So um, my performance with WAD was one of my first really real sets. That's on YouTube. Wait, as did well. you just say WAD? WAD. We say WAD here. WAD. WAD. I know. Yeah. I think that sounds really disgusting. <laughs> no, it's, doesn't WAD mean money? Like a WAD account? Oh no! So WAD, like World of Dance. WAD I yes, I understand, but, I, but it's um, still like a WAD cash. Honestly, you're right. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it <laughs> anyway. Is. Anyway, um, wad. Wad. <laughs> it actually sounds really bad and gross. Um, it's so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I that that set we call it the green shirt set because we wore green shirts. That's like on yeah. the YouTube channel too. Um, yeah, you can set. go watch it. I you watched it a couple times already. There. Yeah. Um, that was it. Was like a medley. Like it, so, that piece was like kind of in the format of what like a hip hop set might look like in like the right. different excerpts of like songs um, strung together because that was what I came just came out of and a lot of well all of my dancers then and still were just my friends from the hip-hop world here yeah um so like slowly kind of forming into a real collective of sorts um so that was a very kind of like wow kind of set that it was like <laughs> look at them and look at their different you, you gotta prove yourself at wad you gotta it prove was yourself a, at it wad. was a little proving yourself thing we just showcased we didn't compete because right. then and now i i well especially then i was like does this even make sense to compete like they none of these people even know how to process what it is <laughs> that this is like <laughs> but well, doesn't it take the same like, thing techniques not correct. Like, they would have found something they would have been like oh my god your lines they were so good they were so pronounced i loved your bollywood dancing your yeah, bollywood, they would have said bollywood and i've been like 
and then you would you would have just been like yeah it was really cool like you know <laughs> give us the like, point yeah, and i like don't really care about your opinion anymore <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that was like it was just like a pizzazz kind of set and we it yeah. still is a pizzazz set like we still have to bring that set back sometimes if it's like i think it's a dope set it works in a lot of different worlds where it's like a kind of has an energy of being like celebratory but also like rooted yeah. um and like the nature of the songs and stuff so that's still like we i would say like a core repertoire <laughs> <laughs> it's like lasted like us like three years now <laughs> that we still like it comes back every now and then like everyone in like the company like knows every single piece five different <laughs> versions of staging for every single different piece oh they can God. do with their eyes closed like that's they're on it the fact that they've also stayed, because you know as well as I do, that company switch-ups happen like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot to say yes. about that, too, um, of, like, company culture and stuff like that. But um, but <laughs> on a single train of thought, <laughs> um, so going back then, so that was, like, one of our first, like, real sets that people were like, oh, like, who are you guys? And then... Yeah. Um, I was invited from the Indian Heritage Cultural Association in New Jersey oh, wow. to um, create a set that this was their kind of premise of requirements that talked about social issues or justice in some form. Okay. And that was always a weird um, premise. I felt sometimes like asking someone to make something socially conscious. Um, I, or I think it's like an observation when I see people's work, whether or not like a social cause is like pasted on top of it or whether it yeah. like, genuinely comes from the root of experience, if that makes sense. Did you get funded for it, though? That's the question, because I think it then becomes a conversation which is funded versus something organic. Um, that was, like, covered two-thirds of the costs of that. So set. it was kind of like, yeah, partially. Semi, it was, like, semi-commissioned. Okay. They ended up covering, like, most of it, but I didn't know whether or not it would. Like, I ended up being able to manage funds towards, like, the end of it. Um, Got it. But I was also pretty young. Like, at that time, I was, like, 22 or something. And it was just, like... Dear Lord. Dear Lord. <laughs> no, I was, like, 23. I don't know. Something like that. 2018? I don't know. Numbers anymore. Um, but it was my first opportunity to, like, create a 30-minute set. Yeah. Or a 30-minute production. So that was that meant a lot that someone, you know, gave me that opportunity and trust. Um, this is Rastero or this is Territory? Rastargatha, territory, then was after that. Territory so Rastargatha yeah. in length, because you wouldn't know, because I haven't put it online in 30 minutes. <laughs> yes, I... <laughs> you calling me out of my shit. Um, also, Just someone that. asked before what my eyeliner is. I know yeah. that question, and it is yes. NYX. Nyx, not Mac. that person is still here, but yes. Just want to let y'all know. It's yeah. <laughs> They're probably it's shade, shade, shade color. It's just blue. I don't know. Yeah. Powerpuff Whatever the blue one rainbow, is. Rainbow, blue rangers from Powerpuff Rangers situation. Coming after you. So, yeah. um, right. So then Rasa Gatha, um, so that was going to be an older Indian audience. Um, yeah. Oh, it but... was Angela, Angela Prada. Oh, she's here. Yes. Glad I can get you those deeps, girl. 
the important questions. So, <laughs> wow. Um, so, I at that time I was too young to still like fully know like what audience, what different audiences and tailoring things to different audiences meant. So I had yeah. a lot of um, like spoken word in between pieces. Um, <sighs> that like I wrote and stuff um, and yeah. um, had those like recorded um, and they're basically Rasta Gata means Rasta means street and Gata is like talking. So basically yeah. I didn't want to force any social narrative um, instead just looked at vignettes of situations that I had come across in like my travels in my life. Um, so it looked at five different sort of vignettes of situations that I've, um, seen or been a part of in some way um, in the primarily like South Asian marginal marginalized communities um, around the world um, mm -hmm. and um, just kind of explored them through movement. So that's kind of what it was not like a gender rights. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm here to make a stand. I need to say this. It was just kind of like me telling stories that I've seen um, with the underlying message of just like, if you open your eyes and you look at, you know, streets from not exactly where you came from, you might learn a lot, um, you know? So that was kind of the, it was like a very natural, not like forced kind of thing. And it ended up going really well. So we like got a lot of, um, like positive feedback on that. Um, and that was like my first really exploration, like of a mm -hmm. longer kind of piece and then kind of ruminated. Then like two years later, territory came and that was I was invited by Seattle International Dance Festival um, to present uh, some work and I had to put together a 30 minute set in three weeks. And now for a very much like white contemporary abstract audience, which is yeah. very different um, from your like older Indian generation kind of like wow. um, world versus WAD, which is like all these like young, like cool, cool kids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so that, you know, I had got, I was getting um, um, like advice from some mentors, Samith Babe in particular. I don't know if you know who he is. So he's I like, do not. Is that the person who was meant to perform and backed out? Yeah. Okay. At um yeah 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 at Seattle. Yeah. So he's like a mentor of mine. So he was advising me like kind of how to do how to like be in this space now because he had been in that space and was like you know the spoken word kind of thing like doesn't. Like it works for the Indian audiences, like but it doesn't do as it. well in those audiences. I was like, oh, that makes sense, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, kind of like had to change how I was like thinking about construction of like larger movement pieces because you still in thirty minutes, you can't be like ah for the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um. So then, how to how to have a story and space to process those stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not in like a cheesy way. So like in retrospect, Ross Arcata was pretty cheesy, um, <laughs> which is probably why most of that- I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> right, I'll send it to you and you let me know. Um, so territory is definitely a lot more mature. 
okay. constrained by like time and resources as like every <laughs> thing, thing is. <laughs> everything is um but it, it was a lot more mature and um basically that set looked at our relationship with territory whether it's owning it whether it's invading it whether it's protecting it whether it is sharing it with someone else all these different ways of exploring um, our relationships to territory and where we walk i'm intrigued to know and i think like anybody is and i'm sure you are as well when you look at other people's work how their processing is um so i think what i would be intrigued to know is what your process is as a dancer versus a choreographer versus an artistic director um as well as i was really intrigued when you discussed in that podcast in regards to the digital space and also creating work for the digital space like the one minute videos where you share now just like class content as opposed to conceptual pieces and interview I watched, which was for kids. I think you did like a like yeah, a situation on it. Yeah. You did Malamente in that, and yeah. you showcased India ninety one. And I was intrigued to know when I found this as well. And I think there's I don't know if you have ever looked at like contemporary pieces, and there's a difference between contemporary, which is very much like Alvin Ailey, Graham Grotowski, Gaga, and all of that, versus like lyrical contemporary. Yeah. Um, so when you're creating conceptual pieces and such as when you did India and there's this narrative in there which is it's meant to represent ciphers as well as gods and demons does the music influence the narrative or does the music come first or the music comes first? like how do you yeah, complement it's a really good question it's a really good question and still something that i'm battling now in a lot of ways because uh being raised in the hip-hop world music always comes first yeah always like it's based off of the music and that's kind of where my brain is still at um so i have like a list of you know, concepts and things that I am searching for music for, but then a lot of times it's also the music, I hear the music and then I literally will see a story. Mm. Um, so it's usually one of those two. It's a lot easier in that sense to find a song and then see a story than like wait for the perfect song, which is also something that I do. Um, so it's a mix of both of those. So India 91 was definitely listening to the song first. And also the song has a lot of history and in does, yeah. to um, the movie as well. Um, but then going back to your, you know, okay, so choreographer versus director and then the different mediums of like content there are. Um, Cause like in, when you're making something for Instagram, you're working with a short attention span. <laughs> like, no, one's like, no one's like, you know, in there for the long run. Um, but versus... I don't, sorry, I'm sorry, Shinjo. I don't get the feeling that I think, I think one balances those two hats as a company owner in regards to seeing profitability and using the digital space for what it is. But I don't know, you don't strike me as one of the people 
who's in it for the likes and the views and things like that. Like, I think they, they, they're a part of a conversation, but I don't think, like, if you were to, if you were to put a conceptual piece up and you really loved it, I think you'll be like, I want it up. It's not for the fact that if you have a short attention span, I don't get No, but I think it's more like, I usually will make something because I want to make it. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, I mean, I struggle with this every single time I make something. I'm like, I don't want to release this. I just want to do it for <laughs> myself. I like don't want to go through the stuff. Like now I've made something. You want to incubate it. it. Go and like get other, vo- like it's a weird thing that I think has come through. And now we're really getting into like, ooh. <laughs> um, so I like, because coming from the Paranatyam world into hip hop into then like my own styles, like I just like faced a lot of criticism all the time from like people who really meant a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and like that was just like very overwhelming to always have people unhappy with like what you were doing and like no one supportive ever. Um, mm. And so now I think like that's in the back of my head where I'm like, I don't even want to hear what anyone has to say. Just like, I like it. (laughs) It's like a weird little thing in the, like, I'm getting over it. But um, I like make what I want to make. But then I also know that I have to be smart about like, how can I make the most out of it after the Mm. fact, which is like so draining to do. (laughs) As a creator, you really make stuff. Um, And it's I, I used to do the thing earlier on where I would make stuff because I knew that the song was maybe popular. And that's like a way that maybe you could get more people to look at you. Yeah. Um, but I would know like, okay, if I'm going to do this song that I'm actually not like that into, like I, I'm going <clears> to <throat> make it, like I know I'm, I can make it into something that's like incredible. Um, so that's usually not like, not just like the views and likes thing. It's almost like a challenge of, you know, how can you make that situation work um but like anything on our youtube channel is like a passion project like that's usually like i put in a lot of effort and like i conceptualize something like really like i put in the time and the effort yeah um and then there's like the class content kind of stuff on instagram which i'm like i made this like last night you guys (laughs) 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 and um like I kind of can know if something's gonna like cater to like people I kind of know what the taste is and I'm like a little over it but like yeah um it's like a it's a game a little bit the Instagram one I don't like to play it um but yeah it's like a balance now finding out okay I know like being a director like the benefit of social media is getting people to know about you it's not even like Mm -hmm. profitability it's just like how do i build the largest audience possible and like that's something you have to think you have to think about if you're looking at you know expanding and growing something so it's something to think about it's so that you know the instagram stuff i try like the little videos and stuff like i don't know it's it's like a seed in the back of the head when you're like (laughs) <laughs> making stuff <laughs> like, the fact you're I a little video. for instagram you know i definitely like this is for this platform versus like that platform like i can like breathe yeah. and make stuff that's like you know feeds my soul a little bit more you know they're like hugely different mediums stage you have 
um, like the I, and I think that they're different because of how you can capture and create emotion are totally mm-hmm. different. So stage is a lot more physically spatial, right? Yes. And so that's like a thing that you have to think about. How do I create and break physical space in uh, in a set confinement, right? Like we're all sitting here and mm-hmm. like watching this designated space. So now you're like mo- like where you are and how you fill the space becomes how you choreograph. So when I choreograph for stage, it's usually spatial concepts come first versus um, the movement itself is usually one of the last things. So I'll think about like where, how many dancers, where they're going to be, like what's the general staging of what the story is trying to say. And then kind of the movement comes like way after all of that. That's so fascinating. Um, Yeah, I kind of have a weird process. (laughs) No, it's not weird at all. I think like that's beautiful to be honest with you. I think everybody has their... But yeah, that's very interesting. For generally, like movement for me, I don't have to think too hard about it anymore. Like, I used to get the question a lot of like, oh, how do you like fuse like put a knock down like hip hop and stuff? And I'd be like, I don't think about it. It's just you just do it. I just do it. Um, so, but then camera, I think, is an a medium that dancers don't fully, or actually, no, a lot of dancers really know how to use it really well, but it's like a skill of how to use camera really well. I think um, it's not just about the dance, like what me doing like a couple moves here can look completely transformed, depending on how you use a camera, whether you're coming in close, whether you're, um, the editor can save you. Like something can look complete trash like just on its own and then if you add certain like camera like it's camera choreography like yeah um, and like you're working with someone who really knows the camera well then it becomes something else entirely and then the ways you can capture a lot more subtle um emotion in -hmm. camera better i think that's where that like on stage you have to be a little bigger in some in some senses because you're thinking about how someone can see you from far away but in camera you can really capture a lot more subtle things which is beautiful in its own way um but it's a skill that is acquired i'm like not perfect at it at all it's like something i'm thinking more about now (laughs) like yeah um now that i'm learning instead of i think what i i'm in a process right now where i'm trying to treat it as dance film versus just like a dance concept video Got it. You know, but then Instagram and like social media, I mean, it, I'm like not really on Facebook. So it's really Instagram for me. Um, like now, now there's this like confinement of the square and the, the lengthwise, like, right? No, but you have IGTV. Right. But like, <laughs> if you're thinking about again, like, let's say you're scrolling through a little feed or whatever. Yeah. Right for like the faster content, if you may, like you're kind of confined to those. I got it. Yeah. Okay, so let's say I I made like a little, insert. I made like a class piece called sweating. It was like one of my more recent ones. Is that the one that was picked on by Danson? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're wow. You, I'm still like, it's so weird that you know so much about me. You know. <laughs> I'm like in my little room doing my stuff, and there's like this person who knows a lot about me. <laughs> like, about, like, hey, it's called I love research. It. No, it's like so great. 
It's also, can I just say, some people get creeped out by this shit. I'm just, I'm a thorough researcher. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know about you. I want to ask you all the questions. We'll Um, talk about it. I also want to know, I'm assuming you're in your parents' basement where you do your rehearsals from, Mm -hmm. where I saw like weights or balls in the background of one of your rehearsal videos. Oh yeah, there's like a bunch of... This yeah, like I was like, that's state. a cool, I was like, that's a cool basement. It's done a lot for me. Very grateful. Yeah. Um, but so let's say that video, right? Like yes. I made that knowing it was going to be for Instagram. So Got it doesn't it. travel at all. It stays literally in the same spot, which is harder for me. I like to travel. I like to jump and leap in different places. Yeah. And I was like, let me try to like literally not travel at all but still be dynamic yeah and that's like that would piece would look terrible on stage like it would look horrible you never know with the right lighting with the right (laughs) no with the right with the right lighting with the right concept of stage and if you were able to build a stage around it that might look like some sort of Sydney Law Bay shit yeah you're right some next level thing build something like you couldn't just like go up and just like do like it wouldn't look it, I wouldn't be proud of something like that like I would want to create a concept black blackout and a square light a square <laughs> light and you stage it and yeah 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 like, stage just it, like, in the little... I create the little space and as you're doing it, it or you can have little lights moving on parts of your hand or your legs and things like that yeah. so that the light is yeah <laughs> Hello. Okay, so I'm gonna teach it to you, and you're gonna just do it. Oh uh, no, 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 no! I'll I'll direct and I'll stage it for you. I don't know. Dance and me have a weird relationship right now, where I will, yeah, we'll talk about that one day. But yeah, <laughs> love it. You already created the concept for me, so yeah. There you but go. that's just like you know how like my my brain works and stuff totally different. I mean, it definitely stems from, like, my past, 100%. Yeah. I was always told that I, like, danced like a man at the age of, like, 14, 15. And I was like, I don't think that I do, though. <laughs> um, but it... So it was, like, a weird thing to always be told something that I, like, didn't fully identify with, you know? And at a very, like, young, malleable age. Um, So I always felt, I guess, some sort of, like, personal connection to, like, Durga roles because she was the only female character that was allowed to have that, quote, quote, masculinity to her. Yeah. Um, So that was the one role that, like, I felt, like, became mine, you know, in a personal identifying way. Otherwise, I've really shown more in the Shiva kind of roles where I could like jump and kick and do all these crazy things. Um, But I think in general, even aside from those things, I just always had a really hard time connecting to mythology. Um, And I feel a lot of classical dance is really rooted in devotion. Yes. Everything is in its heart devotional. Um, And that feeling of devotion, I still have not found. And I think that's why I don't consider myself a Bharatanatyam dancer now. um, Or a Bharatanatyam artist, if you may. Um, Because I think that there's like a root to what it means to be an expert. 
excellent Paranatyam artist that so many, there's so many fantastic Paranatyam artists who um, are able to self-express through devotion. And Got I it. like just can't do that. I like, my brain just doesn't work that way. So there's always been this like deep push and pull between Paranatyam. And then I went to, you know, the hip hop world where there was a lot more freedom and dynamic movement and um, the concepts that I movement wise aligned with a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and not that all hip hop is like this, but just like the hip hop that I grew into was very much like content was like buck pieces and then like the girl and the guy and like I'm rich, even though we're all broke college <laughs> um, You know, like, get money. Um, get money. And, like, get money. Um, and, like, that's, like, such a gross, like, you know, summarization. Like, there are so oh, many hip incredible, like, hip-hop is so much more than that. But, like, when you yes. whisper and, like, you know, that, like, space where you're, like, in a training team and, like, whatever. Got it. I mean, that's usually you're not like doing the mind blowing work. <laughs> it, um, it depends on what company you join. It depends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just like my entrance was from that lens. Um, Got it. And so meaning that like, okay, I felt like movement wise, I could like explore a lot more, but then content yeah. wise was a little, I loved the breadth of storytelling from the classical, you know, world that I grew up in. Um, so now, I think looking at critical analysis in my work now, um, I feel like having these mediums that are, I whatever style or whatever like world that I have is really good at looking at a lot of different lenses. Got I it. can go from looking at specifically Indian stories and yeah. looking more in specific to mythology and those narratives um that i have a personal i i feel like dance is my way of having a personal reckoning with those ideas and conflicts that i have um and then uh but then i can go wider out into the environment and like societal structure and yeah. i think things that i'm just innately curious about but i have happened to have a medium of which I can ask those questions. And I think I like to phrase it as just offering a different perspective and like analysis, if you may, on these like things that I'm passionate about versus like offering like hard solutions to them, right? Yeah, um, or statements. Or like strong statements. I don't know that I like to do that necessarily versus introducing people to different ways of looking. And that's, I, I think it stems from that, like, I'm curious about this. Or I, this is stems from something that I want to learn more about, or I am just passionate about. Um, but then manifests in like these different ways. Do you ever feel like because your work is that, and we're going to go on to the next point, which hopefully I don't offend you with, but I'm coming from a place of curiosity myself. Yeah, 100%. I'm an open book. <laughs> but do you feel because your work is for the sake of this conversation let's say it's so left-winged uh -huh. do you ever feel the the consequences of that 
because there can be consequences when you're you know when some things are so sacred and you're kind of like diluting them or oh, yeah. challenging them or having a conversation about that but you can be like reveled by people like the two year old coming up to you and saying how she loves your work but then at the same time the classical community can hate you or oh, yeah. really disparage your your value 100% and um to that it's usually the classical community yeah it's usually not any other community um and it's not even i would say the whole community versus it ends up usually being people that i don't know that well but are um like though they that don't know me um yeah so I think India 91 was one of those like bigger moments for me to like recenter myself when receiving criticism because we wore sneakers in that piece. Oh yes, and um, supposed to. And you're not supposed to, which I um agree with. Like so the construct of not wearing sneakers in classical dance is because classical dance is a devotional dance form that is supposed to respect the earth and offer praise to the gods um, and uh, goddesses, which... But it's also temple dances. And it's temple dances. So, yeah. And so one part, performing Parathnatyam cannot wear shoes at all. Yeah. Like 100%. Um, I love the fact that you guys did the footwork with sneakers because <laughs> I was like, did y'all rip your sneakers after that? Also, um, I want to talk about the direct situation which happened in the bloopers. How many times he did that? I would be pissed. Oh my god! I would be pissed. It was my reaction was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like shocked that he just like I don't even know why he did that. He was like, I thought we all messed he, up, and I was he like, was going no, good. You were doing so. We were rooting for you, Derek. We that were was, all like, rooting be the for best you. Take. <laughs> just like, um. But like, so that flooring was like literally rough concrete. Like oh, yeah. it was insane, like the ground. And it was just like, the only thing I could afford at the time. Um, hey, you've danced on flooring. You've danced on beach grounds. You've danced on, which I'm going to ask you about. What would you rather dance on beach, mm -hmm. in grass, on this on the slums in India, barefoot, where it looks <laughs> like really Everyone was shocked at me that I did that barefoot. That <laughs> There's this, can I just say, I watched that video again today, and there's this specific auntie that's, like, in the corner, just like... <laughs> Which is everyone's, yeah, they're just kind of like, not a smile. Like, no. But they're all there to watch. Like, I, like, I, know, I but... get there at, like, 5 a.m., so I wouldn't bother anyone. <laughs> they all just woke up, and they came, they were like... I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was one of those things where you were like, oh, I really want to shoot here. Oh, crying a lot. Okay, just, just catch it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> no, it wasn't that, though. I had met the kids that were in the uh, video first, and I saw them dancing, like, outside where I was staying. And yeah. that led into a whole thing where I was like, where do you guys live? And <laughs> um, let, let me follow you. Yeah, let me follow. It's an adventure time. Um, <laughs> but I guess to answer your question, I mean, I love grass. Like grass, yeah. I just like feel like I'm a part of the earth. Um, yeah, but Han, you get like pebbles and you get those little. Yeah, things I know. There's like... a lot of danger. There's still Don't a lot of race. danger factor, but sand is just like really hard to even stabilize at all. Like agreed. Sand is like really crazy. I mean, wood is the best in terms of like seeing the dance. Um, yeah. Not like ugh, I hate Marley, but that's like what all. Really. Um, that is true do but it's not the it's not good for being at whatsoever what is the way to go 
Because yeah. it's so dense. Like there's like a buoyancy to wood where you can actually uh, hear and feel the steps when it's marley, like it her. Because you're st like, st like stepping so harshly. Um, but yeah, oh my God. So your earlier, earlier question was about the class, the the classical community disparaging yeah. your yeah, work. Yeah, 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 or yeah. Like, so, yeah. So basically I like, so in the rule breaking, you know, world, which I'm very deep into, I just believe context is everything. Um, and so the context of that piece was that we were in a cipher and these were like, I think the background where all of those dancers came from, which is, you know, ciphering in like the concrete garage or like wherever, you know, um, that was the con, like we were all meeting there and like doing this. And that was the, I think the conversation of privilege was the one in that piece of um, the hip hop world entering dance from a place of not having privilege to have uh, um, the wooden floors that, you know, Bharatanatyam is an extremely privileged yeah. dance form that without money, you cannot, you cannot practice it because you don't have access. Um, and that's a conversation that I'm looking to address more. Because um, I don't, I think that Bharatanatyam dancers don't, fully realize that yet. Um, I, I think it's coming up slowly now in like the professional world. Yeah. Um, but like, so this, that piece in particular was about that conflict. And so what if you can't afford that, right? Um, and so, yeah, a lot of classical, not a lot, but like a couple classical dancers like came at me like, what do you know about Bharatanatyam? Like, these are not the rules. <laughs> and, um, me being like, well, actually, like I did train for like 20 years and I like, <laughs> I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. I like not an expert, but it's, I, I but I think it's intention because I usually hate it when other people wear sneakers and they do like, they have I do as well. in their steps. So or I usually, dancing. I usually hate it for the same yeah. reason. Um, but yeah, I think context is important. And so it's okay. I'm going through a bit of a pickle myself right now in terms of... Let me hear it. <laughs> Hun. Hun, tell me about it. Um, I think there's this conversation around cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. And I think I find it sometimes that as a South Asian person growing up, I think I watched um, Judas and Messiah the other day. Okay. I don't know if you watched it. It's a really good movie. Um, it's about Black Panthers and that entire movement and how that operation. It's it's a beautiful movie and it's directed very well. And I think like I it started making me think that I was like we only had like Gandhi or like in Pakistani culture we had like Kaidez um or like. There's, there's certain figures, but I think in terms of our current community, there's not a lot of people. And within South Asian community, there's already, there's the caste system, then there's colorism, and then there's like division between like, if you're Bengali, you're like this, if you're Malayali, like this, if you're Pakistani, yeah. there's politics involved within religion. And 
I think the perspective that I'm trying to come from is, and I'll try and make it more poignant in this question, which is, as somebody who has a diverse cast of dancers and in conversations today where even we discussed and you put out a statement on the word urban and how I felt the consequences of it to a point where I had to change the name of my class or simply suffer the consequences of it not suffer but yeah, like yeah. yeah kind of deal with that and then creating work which like Santi Gold's work which you did which has the word yeah the n-word in it but then also the cultural appropriation within South Asian community when like people who aren't of our community who who learn dancing but then they also wear like let's say a bindi mm -hmm. and how that actually some people don't understand it. It's not just a, a beauty thing. It actually has sacred religious values as well sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, how do you balance all of that? And where's the linear line for you to be like, okay, this is, this is where I'm coming from. This is direction I'm going in. Or I can also do it in a smarter way with just clothing or this is how I'm not appropriating black culture or it's okay for me to use it because I think there's so many blurred lines right now yeah. that I, I recently had an incident where it's like I'm, I'm talking to the South Asian community who are evolved and don't understand the meaning of it and I'm talking to the other side of it who are like just because the masses do it and it's worn at Coachella or like mm -hmm. you know like it's Bollywood and if people of your own culture promote it. So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to know your perspective. It's so muddy. It's like so muddy. There is no line, in my opinion. We can only, I think again, this is where intention is like huge for me. I think when just viewing anyone's work or like how they carry themselves, I think you can, one of the things you instantly can feel is what their intention is. Whether yeah. their intention is just to go look cool or maybe they have a connection with it, or maybe they're learning about it and made a conscious decision, I think is huge, you know? Um, or if they just saw it somewhere and they just took it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I feel like those are like really core things that you can just understand when you view anything. Um, but then asking questions. So so in the urban conversation, that was something that I was, I don't know if it's fortunate, but I was leaning towards doing that anyways. Like I, in my personal journey, didn't feel like urban Indian accurately like defined what I did and was like yeah. box. I think that another like whole issue is just like how like especially South Asians are so pushed to label ourselves in the arts world, especially like before you even come up with the style, it's already it's it's bhangra hop. <laughs> I just like made something up. Uh, no, um, instead of like spending time to like understand and like what it is, what it is, Sash. I think I think or in in my work, I I don't view it as this thing plus that thing. Yeah. I like happen to have a quite diverse background. Um, and I like my work again, I like don't even think about the movement really anymore. It's like one of the last things to like, so it, it became its own little box. But then in the conversation when like the global hip hop community then started, um, started addressing this, then 
then I understood, like, I, I had no idea. I think urban was like a word that the community that, especially like the West Coast, East Coast community started adopting. Yeah. It started in the West Coast. Um, but it really started as like a means to say fusion, like the type of, like based in hip hop, but also had experimental and like contemporary um, influences, like in your, so like, you know, like the Keone and Mari is like a, you know, like iconic example where like their work is like, abstract and like a little it's not like hip-hop hip-hop mm -hmm. it's like falls in a lot of spaces so that's how urban started be becoming more popularized but then started having like racial denotations with like okay so i'm gonna call the black guy over there like a hip-hop dancer but then like the asian one an urban dancer um, and then like that application is i think what stuck out to me is like this is like i shouldn't be a part of this um got it so that was the, um, yeah, so that was like the, again, I was like walking down that line. Um, and like, I spoke to pretty much like everyone I knew about it. And I think that I would have been like, quote, quote, okay to have continued using like urban Indian because in context, like most people like knew what I was talking about. Like, yeah. Um, but I think for my own personal reasons and um, yeah, I think the way, like the larger conversation about it, like I didn't want to do anymore. Um, so, but then I found, I found it kind of freeing, again, for my personal reasons. I was like, yes, yeah, you don't have to like, <laughs> um, but you know, it started as like that, that need of needing a term to view through, like to have Got a it. label to, to, to look through. Cause it, for whatever reason, I felt the pressure of like, people have no idea what I do and how do I like make it make sense to them in like three words or less, you know? Um, there isn't like a label for this body of work that I make. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I think there will have to be though, because I, I don't know what it is. I think you're, I think, like I said, my Avengers team in America, you guys are on the preface on something. And I think how, I don't know what it is, but I talked about it with, again, I have to bring on Akram Khan's that dancer yeah, that I spoke to him. Honored to be I, a similar panel as to like, But I think he, he still falls within contemporary because that's that's his field. But I think in this day and age where you have Alvin Alien, you have things like Horton Technique, which belong to other communities. I would love it if there was a class at Broadway Dance Center or Millennium Complex, which was not a Bollywood class and not saying or Bhangra class or like anything to do with that, but something that was modern that had classical or like vignettes in it, but also was modernized and wasn't just for the South Asian community, but for other people, but kind of in its core belonged or to came the South from. Asian community. Yeah. And I, I think, I think you should keep searching that. And I think you will have to find a label for it maybe i don't know if i'm the person to do that i mean because yeah my well because brenda brenda is a teacher in the new york space yeah um i believe she goes by teaching indian i mean you could talk to her more about it but i think it's indian contemporary in the kalamandir style but um like for me i don't identify with contemporary as like the main describer of what i do though it is now the like overarching box if needed to like put yeah. them in or like quote, quote fusion, which I think I just have a personal vendetta against fusion. Cause it just like though in, in the way that it's used is yeah. like this thing plus that thing again, which like goes back to that conversation. Um, 
like everyone's calling themselves fusion but don't have the actual understanding of what it means to fuse um to really fuse something from like the root so um i personally like i'm not i don't identify as a teacher um, got it i'm not that's not like my it's not that i'm not passionate about it i do enjoy mm -hmm. teaching when you know in the off you know master class of such but i think i'm in a such an exploratory phase of wanting to be a, a, con a concept maker. Like I like being a director, like that's where my heart is. Um, Got it. Instead of teaching, I think for me, it's like, I don't know what I offer in a class yet. I can offer you awesome. a snippet of yeah. my world and how I view life. Um, but if you don't have a strong dance background in anything or like a really strong background, it's like really hard to then apply what I'm giving you. Yeah. Um, so I think I haven't figured out yet where I, I, or what I offer yet as a teacher in a meaningful way. Cause like, I think that I could build a culture around yeah, I'm going to teach like these cool classes. <laughs> yeah, have, like these fusion classes and like, you know, whatever. Um, but I don't think that the intent would be right yet for me. But then in the large, I think that's still a it'll be profitable. Huh? It'll, be a pro it'll be a profitable situation. Exactly. And I think that that's still a conversation yeah. that could use some reckoning with right now in the South Asian world. Um, in the South Asian dance world um, of, you know, like what really is the intention and what are we doing? Um, but it's fame, hon. Everybody wants a bit of fame. Yeah, it's only we do. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's not like my ride. So I feel like yeah. for, for my personal journey, I'm not like rushing to create. I, I think I'm going to stay labelless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Raven Simone. It's like it's like a little hashtag like image, like image. Do you remember? Do you remember yeah. that conversation that Raven did where she was like, I don't want to be labeled. Actually, and yeah, I, I do. She's <laughs> I don't, like hilarious and iconic at the same time. I adore her. What did she say? Like, I actually belong to every continent in Africa yeah. except for. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so ballsy, man. Okay. I love her. Image is stands for Ishita Millie uh, Global Exposé. I don't really like saying all that, but like it's really image. Like I just came up with the acronyms to fill those letters. Oh, did you? I thought it was a hardcore thought. It is a hardcore like, oh thought. Oh my god. Well, exposé. I think I was drawn to the word exposé because it's kind of it's like that analysis of looking yeah. at something, and so I think that's still an underlying thing of like what I what I do. Um, yeah. Um, and very core thing of what I do. Um, so Image is a multidisciplinary, um, multi-core. I'm here for this word. Could you say that one more time? Multidisciplinary. Thank you. Yeah. Multidisciplinary uh, performance performance company rooted in. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got this. You got rooted this. Rooted in. I know. I like I'm not a talker speaker. I avoid it as much as possible. But <laughs> rooted in Indian classical folk, hip hop, contemporary, all these different things, but it's ultimately a mechanism of global storytelling. In that definition of since what the definition was in 2017, when I really came up with images like a collective um, word, 
Um, global storytelling is a thing that has remained very much the same. A lot of the, um, I, and I think that we've touched on different parts of this through conversation, but when I was starting, um, again, felt the need where I entered into dance through the lens of urban Indian of, okay, I need people to see me. I need people to understand Indian plus Western. I um, need to like make that clear. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> since then, have broadened a lot of not thinking about what the dancing looks like versus what mm -hmm. it's saying. And I think now I really look at, and I, that's why um, I look at our, us as not strictly a dance company because we also use theater and we also use film and we also use, like there's a huge focus on multi-dimensional art, not just the dancing. Um, for the intent of how do we say what we want to say in the best way possible, in the most effective way possible. However, dance languages I apply, like to make that happen, again, kind of happens a little after. So it's less like we are a Indian plus hip hop plus this company. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, so that's like the huge overarching thing that's changed. Um, when I started, just like choreographing um like i was choreographing in this like general style of like what i was thinking for a year before i really came up with the word image um and, like creating like a i just like got my friends together and i was like i want to make something um <laughs> and then it kind of grew into this thing which i think i think is one of the best ways to do it like make yeah. the thing make the ideas first and then see if it's you know is this whilst you're being a barista and making up coffees and okay. you're like He's you're like timeline you're like mm, maybe maybe i need to so my wad set i made behind a coffee bar <laughs> like made my staging on like my extra receipts and stuff did you actually no joke wow um so <laughs> do you so still have started, now we're here um and um yeah, so like all of my dancers still are from the East Coast dance community world. And I think touching on one of the like observations you made, um, they've mostly been with me for a, a long time and, or I've known yeah. them personally for a long time. Um, I think with the, especially um, the like hip hop East Coast dance co coast world, I know that there's like a level of comfort that most people know where I come from that I've like trained here if that makes yeah. sense um that's something I got told at least like I was invited to teach at like a hip-hop studio but in my style which is like mm -hmm. kind of not common for a time period and then I kind of went through my like teaching you know <laughs> realizations <laughs> yeah um uh, but like it's a it's a it's a close community here um and so I like know how their brains work, if that makes sense. And I know um, in, in bringing, selecting dancers, because I don't really hold auditions, um, usually have looked for um, people. I'm drawn to dancers who have strong personalities. And like, it looks like they have something that they want to say. Um, yeah. And I view now dancing 
or creating choreography as ways to showcase them and what they have to say in the best way possible, which is a huge shift now in where I started, which was like, I'm making my, in my styles and in my, in my voice, um, what, you know, choreography (laughs) and and things I want to make, but now trying to meet the artists that I'm working with as well and figuring out where they are in the conversation and what, you know, they have to say about it as well. And then in that, how do I showcase their skills and their personalities like in the best way possible? Um, that's really an evolution also in the last year that I've been like transitioning a lot in, into more of that mode of thinking. Um, so that it's not just like this Indian, like American girl, <laughs> like, you know, it's, um, it's really about all of us. And it's really about, again, this like global storytelling. Um, and it's not just me and my what I have to say. It's now like all of us collectively. So it's something that they all happen to be like passionate about. And, you know, I think found found where they shine here. Um, that's why they stuck along for so long. Because um, again, in that like, in the company world where there's like a, such a high turnover rate, you know, yeah. there's often not a lot of time to like make that level of connection. Um, so that's why I'm a little averse to like holding auditions and stuff. Um, just cause I, I like, I need to know like who you are, if that makes Got sense. It. Um, yeah, but probably, probably in the future it will open up, but that's just kind of where I am right now in the company. Can I ask you from a business perspective in terms of you talked about it, that you make, you make a lot of your money through gigging yeah, and through commission work. I'm intrigued to know as a conceptual person of South Asian descent who wants to make experimental and exploratory work that is of a multidisciplinary and multidimensional narrative. Um, How do you go on about creating a sustainable living through that? Like, are there actual funding programs there? And what sort of gigs do you get? And also, do you (laughs) get... But also because you're South Asian, do you get the Bollywood gigs (laughs) or ask to do it? And then do you do it? Because some of them can be really good money. Like I just did a movie and I made like a good amount of money, but also it was killing me inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I was like, what do I do? Do I I become a waiter or do I like do this job and some would stay creative. So yeah, all those questions. All of it, all of it, all of it. Um, three years ago, I I went through that dilemma of do I start, do I go to med school or do I um, literally do anything else? It was really like yeah. versus like the entire world that I think I'd be better at. <laughs> um, at that time, so I ended up not doing medical school. Um, and there was a conversation of, if I wanted to be a professional dancer full time right now, what would that look like with my skill set? I had thought about what would a dance major look like for someone like me? Yeah. And nothing that dance major educations at that time offered were anything that I was really interested in because dance education, professional education is really from the like white education perspective. Um, There was not really room for where I wanted to be as a dancer in somewhere. Even in like contemporary? That. Because- I'm not really passionate about contemporary dance though. 
But I, I only say that because I feel like in the contemporary world, like I don't know about there, and we're going to get into that question. There's a lot yeah. of contemporary companies here that invite the the classical community, the classical Indian community to do courses and to do lectures. And there's more of an exchange happening. Yeah. Um, and does and under that umbrella, one can go and get their doctorate or get their degree and then challenge that space or create programming within that. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, you have to learn the rules of how that world works in order to break Got it. it. And that's something I wasn't interested in doing. Like, yeah, I could get the guest courses from the one diversity person or like the couple mm. diversity people, <laughs> diversity people, right? Like, because <laughs> that's what they're called, you know? It's like, how do we add diversity into this instead of having diversity as a foundation of it, right? Yeah. That's like a whole other reckoning. Um, <laughs> but whereas like, let's say if I could just like be in the hip hop world and in this space, I could just kind of be comfortable in trying things at my pace. Um, That's so fascinating because I've found that sometimes even as a South Asian person in the hip hop community, like underground, especially, it was more predominantly based. Like I was more, I was utilized as same as the token person. Oh, such everyone thought contest. it was Filipino, so... <laughs> yeah, but I, this was the thing, like, there were tremendous amount of hip-hop ciphers and things, like, I went through, and every and everybody was sweet, but it was, like, the hip-hop and the contemporary company had one thing in popular. They didn't have a lot of South Asian representation, and they were predominantly made up of white dancers, black yeah. dancers, Filipino dancers, Southeast mm -hmm. Asians, and things like that. And for a South Asian person to come in who has knowledge of like just that sort of style, yeah. but has also experimented everything else. It was like, one wasn't accepted. So yeah, it's very fascinating that you found home in that some sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that it was also just the particular community that was a kind of smaller, like I didn't feel lost, you know, um, but I was the only South Asian person. Whereas I don't think I would have felt as comfortable in the West Coast dance community which is a lot like bigger and spread and um because of white supremacy white supremacy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so i yeah i think it just happens I, I feel just very lucky that i grew up in the little corner of a space that i did um which yeah. is usually where i thrive better anyways um but yeah, I, the dance major things were not really an option. But then at that time of, okay, like, just kind of quit school or, like, stuff like that. Um, like, uh, me surviving as a dancer at that time would have been me being a Bollywood dancer because those are the gigs available for someone with my background. Yeah. I would have been, like, strong enough to hold my solo ground and, like, competing in the, like, the block and the, you know, the, like, hip-hop agency, like kind of worlds and that's not something I was I wanted to do um yeah and so um it just like there wasn't much of an option and then starting a dance company that's as you know experimental as you would say um it's still a process now of getting the gigs that I want to do versus the ones that categorize in a certain way so I do work another job right now I'm not a full-time, full-time oh, really? um, artist. Yeah, I, I like work another job. I did my master's in business and science. Um, and I ended up consciously making those choices because it gave me the freedom to create however I wanted, 
which for my particular situation, it's not an overarching thing for how other people are as artists, but for the way that I am passionate about creating, I just really don't like creating on other people's terms. Um, and so, and that came after trying the different gigs. Like one route would have been doing the weddings, which are great money, but I yeah. hate doing them. <laughs> Well, you're telling me you don't like performing when people are eating or you don't like the waiter going past you or you don't like when they kind of cozy up and like, yeah, you do performance. We want half an hour, 15 minute medley. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I love the free food, but not my jam. Yeah. Not my jam. You do, you do entrance and at the end you teach workshop, no? Yeah. Mm -mm. I, and then I tried the like Bollywood shtick here and there. I tried other people's yeah. dance companies here and there. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. And I think that there's no pride, like it shouldn't be a pride thing. Like if you need to take that gig, like the money's yeah. great. Like there should be not a pride. Thing. Like that is what the reality is. Like there's no shame in that. That's just not what I wanted to do. Um, I know plenty of like fantastic dancers who like also take the gigs. Just like it's reliable. To survive. And this to is survive. a survive. Like there's, yeah. that's the way it is. And that's so like for me to comfortably create, I have to work another job that's outside of the entertainment industry. Um, for me, I... the balance works out. It's a whole thing, but it works out for now. I don't know where that leads in the future, um, but I, it's working on, I think for the gig life and yeah. in the space, I'm still in the, in the place of, of showing people how much work this has and how applicable it, like my world that I've created here is in so many different places. And like the agency world in the industry doesn't quite know how to use someone like me just yet. Have um, you signed to agencies? No. How comes? Um, because I don't want to be signed as a dancer. I am less of a dancer now than I am a choreographer um director and then the process of getting signed as a i'm just not sure because i've had i have like connections and stuff but i'm not sure that it's th that i'll be connected to the things that i um want to the types of things that i want to it's like still like i'm a little like i'm very sensitive about my work right now still um and Absolutely. like i um like I'm really like manually make like doing the networking and like finding the like people, which has been going pretty well for like me doing it by myself right now. Um, but like, I know my like friends in the agency world and like how, you know, what the connections are, you know, and like the way that, like, I think that I'm okay on my own for now until like I can really make a connection that like I feel is aligned with like I wish you were in Europe because I, I think it's different we... there so I'm like curious to like I'm dying to go like I wish you were in the UK because there there's it, you get all of that of what you're saying but there's also space to be able to do what you're doing and I think there's so much experimental work here with like there's this wonderful choreographer by the name of Holly Blakely who just worked on the Vivian Westwood campaign yeah. and even though she predominantly uses the same dancers um, but like her work is very conceptual and it's very though it sits within the realm of contemporary you can see other 
moments of it. And I think there's like, there's black choreographers that are like that. And there aren't a lot of South Asian people who do that. And I feel like, yeah, yeah there, there needs to be space for that. But the thing is the only way for us to kind of get in there yeah. is through either doing the festival route where you create your own company, you do the gigs, you get the fundings and you do all of that and then you hopefully get picked up by somebody and then you get financed and then signed to an agency yeah. or you, you sign as a dancer, you do the gig, work with the choreographers, assist them and then start creating. Yeah. But you, you have the space here to really work with fashion brands and with so many other things where it allows you to be able to do this. And I would think the wow. States would have that. Um, I the like industry here is just so crowded and especially like I'm like in the New York side of it, right? Yeah. Um, where like everyone is screaming all the time. Um, there, I don't, I haven't found, especially in the agency world here, like it's just so insane. Um, that like the like the little the freedom that you're talking about in Europe, which I think I actually understand that there it's different there. Um, with like the people I know in Europe as well, who are like choreographers and such. Um, yeah, you think especially like America being all like we're diversity. And all that, like, yeah, we would be better at that, especially in the arts world. I think there's a reckoning now happening. That's I think what I feel, um, especially through the pandemic, um, a reckoning happening with. Um, industry and like the institutions, right? Um, that it's moving that way, hopefully. Yeah. Um, like for me as an artist, I feel like I can hop into a lot of different spaces of like the concert world versus the commercial. I feel like I have potential in the commercial world of where this could be applied and like the different mediums of work. Yeah. Um, to not stay in one place, but to see how, um, like, there's just no infrastructure yet for someone like me to navigate that. Um, like, we'd have to be finding, like, the right agent who would, like, know, if that makes sense. Um, you kind of need, like, a tailored management company. I need a tailored management company, which I don't see right now. Like, the, you know, clear talent and the MSAs, um, have you done the, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just chatting right now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, have you gone the, the art gallery routes? I don't know if they have mm -hmm. that within the States here in the UK. They have something called late. Um, I think it might be called Tate Lates, but it's, it's like where every gallery museums and things like that i think it's once a month or like done four times a year or something like that yeah. where all of them stay open and they give emerging artists a space to be able to use the gallery spaces and they're open to like 11 or sometimes midnight and you can go and actually perform in spaces like that and create work and some of them are actually commissioned oh um i think Does there's MoMA? pockets of that here oh like yeah the MoMA and stuff like that yeah um so like right now in the larger i would say like south asian diaspora i don't know it's kind of a tangent um i say classical dance is getting a limelight and classical ahead. dance is actually i would say thriving in new york and such like that um where um those kind of like i think the indian contemporary to classical dances are getting space. Um, yeah. 
And so there are like, I like the MoMA and the Met and like the art gallery kind of residency worlds, like those are happening. I Um, I think where I see myself in like my background is like, which goes into the labeling thing is like the idea of hip hop is not really appreciated. in um, the South Asian diaspora or understood fully. I think that goes into that, um, like, okay, so like Bollywood fusion garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so there's like a, there's like a divide right now between like me and like the, um, I would say classical community, which is like pretty abundant here of like, of like, I don't know. I don't know if lack of respect is like the right word, but um, a little bit, (laughs) Um, especially like the older generation. So there's like, again, it's like weird. It's weird to be so experimental, um, but also such an asset to be so experimental, like to have something that like no one, like I know no one else is exactly doing what like I'm doing. And like, also, you know, like the Brinda and like the Project Emerge, like we're all in like these spaces that like, we're only like, like the ones who are really crafting these like, many strong, you know, vocabularies. Um, And then like, just like making it like the difficulties now is like making it make sense to other people who have strong ideas about what you are. Like, if that that makes sense. Um, It does. Like, so I'll get, like, it, it, this is happening, like, recently, which is, like, personal, um, where, like, I was asked, like, for this festival to um, not present my own work because it wasn't strong enough, but to yeah. present myself in Mayur Punch Chow in, in Paratnatyam because, like, uh, that's where they wanted to see me in, which is, like, oh, just, like, a weird dilemma. <laughs> um it's like no but like everyone's like it's really from like these like select like older gen like indian heads and stuff like that that are like everyone's doing your fusion garbage like we want classical so then in the it's like so like oh my god it's like all like um but i think it's about getting your foot in before i don't know i think you're fighting your 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 head is in a in a lot of baskets yeah and (laughs) and I think you you want to stay true to who you are. You want to be convicted as an artist, as yeah. as an artistic director, as a person, and you yeah. want to be fulfilled in those things. You don't want to lose your artistic integrity, but then yeah. at the same time, if there is no space for you to be able to do all those things, You strike me as a person who's very much convicted in who you are, who's very confident. What was it that didn't make you stand up to your parents and be like, no, this is what I want to do. If I don't have your blessings, yes. I'm actually going to go away and do that. Was it the comfortability aspect of it? I love or... that I am so striking as a very confident person. Because no, I but... would say that it only happened after. Like, I think I gained confidence once it took me a really long time to break away. Yeah, it took me a really long time where I like I spent so much of my life trying to make other people proud of me, whether it was my gurus or my parents. And like, I just yeah. happened to have a lot of very strongly opinionated people in my life of like different opinions, too. Like, I even had people who were like, you need to do classical dance, but do it full time. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of like, I, 
it's weird where like people know you're talented, but not in the way that they want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's like a whole other thing. But um, like it took, it basically took me a long time to realize what I wanted. For a long time, I didn't know what I wanted. Um, right. You know? But you so, said you always wanted to be a choreographer yeah, and you wanted to I be. I, I, I knew I loved dancing, but I didn't know like I, I even when I was a child like I loved choreographing and then I kind of fell out of love with dance for a long time um like I was doing it and I was training and stuff but I like lost my voice for a long time even through the Parathnatyam through the Arangetram it was really after once I like entered the like hip-hop world where I was given space to like just try things that I wanted where like yeah I just, it took me until 2016 where I made my first piece to be like, okay, I think that this is like something that I'm passionate about, you know? Right. So like I've been in this space for so goddamn long, but like it took a really long, and then even when I did that and I had a little seed of an idea, my parents being like, okay, but that's literally just a seed. Like we can't rely on a seed. Cause they knew that I was, talented you know but like again seeing like my uncle and all the hardships that he went through I think it was really just fear you know um that like we've seen this story play out like we know the stats you know <laughs> um they're very like they need to see it in order to believe it it was really when they saw Rastarkata finally when I had my first substantial piece of work on stage where like my mom yeah. broke down and she was like okay like, I see what you're trying to say. Got it. After, like, they have to see it to believe it, you know? Um, and, like, I felt like, again, from how I was brought up, I couldn't put my foot down unless I had something to show for it. Mm. And so it took me a while to get something to show for it. Wasn't huge. Like, wasn't, you know, again, paid a lot <laughs> at all or anything. But, like, something that, like, showed what was in my head because I had no idea... And I still, like, am bad with words, but I, like, had it all in my head, but I had no idea how to, like, verbalize my feelings and thoughts. Um, that was, like, a whole thing. So I think then confidence, like, the confidence that I think, like, I don't know, I get, I get like, oh, my God, you're, like, so confident. And I'm, like, <laughs> I, it feels like a new thing, a newer thing. That, like, <laughs> well, it can, I think, like, confidence can also be a facade of insecurity, like, same yeah. as, like, you know, how humor can be used as a tool of... I don't know, to get over pain. So it could just be, it could be also those things. But, yeah. um, but like, I would say that I'm genuinely have like come to a place now after, you know, doing all that stuff. But it's like so hard. It's just so hard when your parents are just like, no. Could you have left the house? And was it just the fact the two things were at that space where you didn't know the direction you were going to? So if you didn't know the direction, and you kind of were like, I'm leaving, I'm gonna make it on my own. You'd be like, well, I'm fucked. I have no clue to, what to do. Was it? Was that a mess, massive part of it? Yeah, I think going back to the like, I could have been maybe okay if I took all the Bollywood gigs and I really didn't want to do that, you know? Um, I did some of them, but like, I, again, just like wasn't, I just, I can't, I just, I can't do it. Um, so like, I, I think I'm also, I, I'm grateful for my parents' great-headedness sometimes because now I, I'm like a very logical person, actually. Um, I often feel like a scientist in an artist's body. And I you often said that feel, as well. Yeah, like I, 
definitely like think very like I plan things out and I like am very detailed and like organized and like yeah. I, you know um that's just how my brain works and it's like a large part of just how I was raised you know but that and actually as a director does a lot for you um those like skills you know there's a push and pull like so I wasn't going to be the person who was just going to like live on the streets of New York with like nothing you know like I I I mean it's no shame in that you know like the hustle is I think it's like the hustle is different for everyone you yeah. know like what your hustle looks like is your hustle like there's no one who can dictate what's the right way to go about it like I could have done this. I could have like I've been constantly like moving through streams, you know, like yeah. Um, even like my nine to five is like a really flex remote job. So like it allowed me to like in the middle of the days go to New York and do random rehearsals and stuff like that. So like for me, for me, it worked out, you know, in the balance and stuff like that. And like finally, my parents came on board and now they're like supported and whatever. If you remove the support that you have from your family, be it financially, physically, so like the roof that you have, the fact that you're living with them, their straight-headedness, in any sort of format, the the grit that you have as a person in regards to the direction that you want to go in, the opportunities that you have had, if you take those things away that make you the person that you are today and the artist that you are today, take all those away, would you still be doing what you're doing today? That's question number one. Question number two is how do you balance, and I pretty much think you've answered this already, but I just wanted to ask this, how do you balance being a freelancer versus not being signed to an agency versus owning a company, having a nine to five, and just mentally (laughs) sustaining that versus having a financial where do you store your costumes how do you manage rehearsals like all of that sort of stuff and how do you not let the the reviews of your work or like the reviews of you know the digital space or the gurus or the people that be eat you up or like all of that mentally and the third is how the hell did you manage to damage your goddamn knee and how (laughs) how did you feel the nine months that you could not dance or you found a way? Because I feel like, I feel like dancers are the worst patients. Dancers, athletes and doctors are the worst patients. You'll say you can't dance. And then in two weeks, they'll find some way of doing something. Yeah. So (laughs) number one, the answer is no. I think that I'm very much a product of my experiences in an alternate universe. I think if I hadn't found the hip hop world, I might've stopped dancing. Um, I was like so unhappy um, with dance. I like didn't find, you know, so yeah, the answer is no. I think also I'm very much a product of my privilege as um, an artist. Again, without my mom, like drove me like two out, like two, four hours a week to go to Parthenatium lessons, which were very expensive. Um, classical Indian dance is very expensive I think the classical community needs to look at budgeting yeah which is a huge thing that I'm like I think another lens that I look at classical dance from in my work yeah like the huge amount of privilege that it takes to even be a part of it um it doesn't speak for the poor it doesn't speak for the less privileged whatsoever like my artistry is a product of those things still 
you know, and I come from an upper middle class family where I have a basement in my home that I use as my yeah. studio. And without that, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else I would have done. Um, especially in this environment, again, of like lack of opportunity and stuff in the US. I don't know how someone who wanted to do what I do, who didn't have the resources, like, it's just so hard, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'd like, I view being an artist as like, I'm fortunate to have all the things that I've had so that I can move forward. Um, but I needed those things. Um, Got it. Now, question number two was, how do I stay sane? <laughs> I had to find a balance of things that feed into each other. So yeah. even business school and the like the side job that I have, like I learned to be a salesperson and I learned how like all of the business technical terms and like LLCs and like all of those <laughs> background yeah. info things um, that I like. I was learning those things at the same time as I was forming a dance company where a lot of the learning actually crossed over um, and I think made me think smarter about being a dance company. Again, now working in the confinements that I um, am like still building the structure of how to make a dance company like fully self-sustainable because it's not right now. Um, yeah. You know, because I'm not, I'm not taking all the gigs because I want to... I'm in a place where I really only want to take the gigs that I am passionate about, that I feel like I can do what I want to do. Um, and that's the choice that I'm making. And so realizing that and not being like, oh, I want to be a full-time artist. I kind of know what that reality would look like at this present moment, and I'm not crazy yeah. about it. So right now, like, though it's like a lot of crazy things to be balancing, and I also freelance for like other projects at the same time you know that everything's feeding into each other and that you know it's just like the reality right now like uh if i'm able to create an infrastructure where i can pay like <laughs> i can yeah. like um pay consistently i mean on like a salary level like you know working towards something that would look like that but that's gonna i know that i'm you know five to ten years away from that in the development process of that's what this is. so sad Wow. But, you know, that's how, you know, people have formed dance companies. Like, there's, like, even examples in the South Asian world, you know, to, like, look at that have done that. And, like, the process is, is a long one, you know, to, to come to that level. It doesn't need to be. It really doesn't need to be. All people need to have is an open mind and just support. <laughs> like, I mean, sorry. again, we're in an era of rapid change. So it's also, like, testing the temperature <laughs> as we go, you know, yeah. um, of where we can adjust and stuff. Like, a dream would just we have, like, fully paid artists, like, on staff, right? Like, um, yeah. but I, you know, this is, like, what keeps you sane right now, or at least for me, is just, like, things are it's not like I'm doing anything separately that like I really don't want to do. Everything right now is like working for each other in different ways. So it's a positive thing in that sense, you know? Okay, so that was and two. The third, the third one. The third was... knee. My knee? Okay, so I was in a uh, dance workshop. Um, yeah. A hip hop one um, by my best friend, Derek. Yeah. Um, and Derek the dancer, Derek? Derek the, the dancer, Derek, who did the India 91 move. <laughs> yeah. For no reason. And... Um, <laughs> His, like, movement is, like, really funkadelic. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, did some, like, move that it was, like, a twist. It was, like, a jump twist. And I just, like, yeah. put my weight wrong. Um, and it was just, like, it was not even that crazy. But it just, like, literally, like, clean pop. 
um, and I was out. So, Derek, this is also to let you know. Thank you for your services and the thank company. You, you will no longer. <laughs> Bye um, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but for me, that was like a that happened at a time where I was in the midst of med school application, like taking um, the MCAT, and I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" and like a lot of unhappiness where like taking that I and I was just dancing like I was trying everything I was doing everything but I was like so unfulfilled yeah. um, where having that forced break made me be like I've been dancing my whole life like what am I trying to do should I go back like I'm not fully happy right now um, and that's where in rehab I got the idea of the first piece that I ever choreographed wow. Yeah. It started from there. So I and then that thing of like dancers are usually freaking stupid when they get injured and they like start dancing. Okay, basically like then I also got a slap in the face of like okay, time to be a smart dancer, not just a good dancer. Um Got it. Yeah. So, I'm don't recommend anyone tearing their ACL, but um it was it was a needed, you know, change of realization for me in my process. <laughs> Have you healed now properly? Because the last post said you've eighty-five percent healed and fifteen percent. Um, still oh no no no! I would say I'm a I'm a say I'm like a ninety-nine. It's like slightly weaker, and sometimes I feel a little wonky. But those it basically sometimes like your knee like relapses for a second, but then you it's like rapid fine. Uh, it's like a weird little thing. But I I'm definitely a stronger dancer and like general person now since that because i like now work out and i like you have to keep it in training i'm, I'm in here for the long run you know? <laughs> <laughs> so good now Well, we've come to the fun part of Lit Interview where the deep conversations take a rest and we play some games. And the games section of the situation are called... Super Child, play with Rye! Which is, if you play with Rye, you play with Rye. That's nothing nasty, but it's just, you know, yeah. Um, or you sip your chai if you don't want to, and I would heavily advise I you don't do that. I have chai, so here we go. Okay. The first section is if I was. I do this with everybody. So if I was to say to you, if you were a color, what would you be? And you say that color. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm saying okay. right now. Ready? No, I'll give you things, and then you answer oh, okay, cool. as well. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Ready? All right. Rapid pie round. If I was a movie, what would the title of that movie be called? The long call. The long call. What would the storyline be in like two short sentences if you had to describe it as a synopsis on IMDb? It would be about the changes that I'm going through in life and um, the, the very beautiful but changing process of creating something that is magical. Got it. I don't mean to disrespect your storyline right now, but I don't know why I have Britney Spears in the background. I'm not a girl, not I yet a it. woman. I'm into it. Who would star in this movie? Oh my God, do you have a suggestion? No, I don't know you like that right now. Maybe in the future. Um, I want it to be an animated movie. Okay, cool. So who would do the voice And I want, um, I actually think I want it to be like, like weird characters and stuff, like not fully humans. Like what if this was like, you know, like alien-y alien animal kind of things. I'm here for case, this. I would like to be, um, I'd like to be some sort of like an orange, 
cat-like but also like amphibian with cat-like cat-like but amphibian a lichen of sort with sparkles. sparkles yeah i would like to be an animated character i've decided okay cool let's leave it at that like anime um what would the title song be of this in five four three two one you sing oh saya no it's an original song oh oh i had to sing the song okay okay, okay. yeah five four three two one she's a crazy girl in a crazy world she's a crazy girl in a crazy world her name is ashita she's a here and she's gonna stay and do a lot of things beautiful um question how do you say your last name because it was millie or like okay, so i had lots fact, of different pronunciations of this by the way not my last name not my last name it, my Ish, oh, sorry your last. first name my first yeah. name is ishita Ishita. It was the E, wasn't it? The, yeah, the it's a bit, the Bengali pronunciation is like you draw That's... out your letters, so it's Ishita. Um, Do people call you Ish? Yeah, I get. I have like a thousand nicknames. Ish. 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 Like Ish. Like Ish. Yeah. Like you're the okay, Ish. Good. Like you're getting that a lot. Get it. Um. Yeah. If you were a food, what would you be? Potato chips. Oh. If you were a drink, what would you be? Um, masala soda. Oh, I don't think I've ever had that. We have, I've had soda, but I don't think I've ever had masala soda. It's like a, yeah. Mm -hmm. When I come to the States. If you were a color, what would you be? A uh, rusty orange. If you were a plant, what would you be? A little seed of a little oh. flower. Okay. If you were an emoji, what would you be? The octopus. If... <laughs> If Why? you were a spider, no, no, I was just like, I was thinking of faces and then it just scrolled past in my head. <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> like, yeah, um, if you were a spice or a herb, what would you be? Ginger? Uh, is... That's not a spice or an herb, sorry, that's a root. Um, I mean, black salt. ginger. Okay, cool. I was going to say ginger granules if they've been like dried. Not like that. that. Not that. Okay. That's a hard no. If you... <laughs> if you were a dessert, what would you be? Caramel flan. Oh. I answer already, but whatever. Okay. Um, what excites you the most about life and what is your biggest pet peeve in life? It's like the young generation. Like there's so much growth and there's so much, like I'm excited for where they might take us in the future. Gen Z. Gen, Gen Z. Z. Like all of like a lot of the problems that I have, I'm like, just wait 10 years until like the <laughs> young people take over and it's going to be fine, you know? <laughs> like, I remember when I was... Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I'm sometimes that person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, we never had iPads. <laughs> okay, biggest pet peeve. Uh, biggest pet peeve is I have a lot that like it's actually. Hard. Oh, me too. Like, me too. I'm, it's not that like I'm like no, everyone's green. Like, <laughs> I have like a lot of peeves. Shoot. Um, okay, top three. Go five, four, oh, no. three, two, go. I hate when people like tap a lot. They're just like. Mm, you know when they say oh, they're like mm. but sometimes okay. i do that but then when i do it like i'll put my hand on your hand and i'll be like okay cool okay. like right now i'm doing that with my legs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like i mean sometimes i do my own pet peeves you know okay cool two okay go. um another one is i don't love when people hum <laughs> i don't love it when people hum a lot <laughs> <laughs> like, or when people okay I'll, I'll say this wait let me change it I, I 
don't love it when people like feel feel the need to feel feel silence like sometimes silence is okay does that make sense like yes yes like, I, i'm a person who like i'm like awkward silence i feel like is just silence you know like you don't yeah. need to fill the space all the time got it that's actually a big one okay okay cool that's um, it and plastic water bottles stop that have you seen seaspiracy no. Oh, uh, I haven't yet, but I, it's on my list. Watch it. Yeah. Watch it. Oh. Um, quickly, three random facts that you are either embarrassed to tell anybody or don't care and, um, yeah, that nobody knows. Quickly. You're really rushing me and asking me these, like, really hard questions. Okay. Um, I can it's, walk it's... on my toes like that. Like. I don't think that's healthy to do. I just want to say that. I don't know. I just like can do it. So I sometimes just because you can do it doesn't mean it's healthy. Yeah, I don't do it. I just I can do it. Um, I'm like generally just like randomly flexible, but like I don't have any purpose for it. <laughs> there are there are dancers over the world, including myself, who are not flexible and who are looking at you sad eye. I mean, it's not like amazing, <laughs> but it's like more than I need sometimes. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, that one. I've never had braces. I don't think that's a random fact, but sure. Oh my god. Um, like, do you secretly listen to Miley Cyrus or Justin Bieber and actually really like them? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like Justin Bieber, so okay. don't come at me. Baby? Or like his first oh, no. single? Like his one Less Lonely Girl. Um, no, like even his last album. Like, I'll, I feel I'll like it was to too it. close to purpose. Yeah, I change was that what it's called? No, I don't. Yeah, it's like it's like background music. Like I'm working and I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Um, so is, it, it, maybe that is a random fact or not really? Random fact. Um, Just give me one more random fact quickly. I like to sleep with no lights on. <laughs> I was just looking at the light, and that's what I said. I don't said. think that is a random fact. Most people sleep in the dark. I'll let you go. Think about it, and then you can post about it on your story. I'm not going um, to. No one asks me any questions ever again. Best and worst. Okay, I'm going to give you some categories. Best and worst costume you've ever had. Ooh, um, worst costume is I just actually don't like bottom dresses. What's because they've dresses? always, like, my skirt, uh, buttons are, like, the dress versions of Parthenatium costumes. Like, are you talking about those pleated um, trousers? Yeah. But it's, like, a skirt. It's not the pant. Uh, so there's, like, a skirt version. Multiple yeah. times, my skirt has literally, like, fallen off on stage. <gasps> Scandalous. No wonder the classical community is out yeah, for you. <laughs> it's not my fault. Um, You're out there doing Parthenatium, and you should be doing Odyssey. I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm a pants girl, okay? Just give me pants and it's gonna be fine. Um, yeah. Best costumes are usually the minimal ones, you know? Right. Okay. T-shirts. Or just like things that are not like more than four pieces. <laughs> it's gonna go wrong after four pieces. I'll remember that yeah. every time I see a play or something like that. Yeah, Best yeah. and worst behind the scenes um, story. Best behind the scenes story is just when everything goes wrong, but then it ends up going perfectly right. Oh, God, I just love that. Yeah. That, like, yeah. my last shoot in Dami was like that, where, like, 
um, it felt like everything was going wrong, but then actually yeah. everything on the day of like literally worked out and it was great. Worst? Like, worst is when everything just like goes wrong, but usually nothing. Can I just say it. you're being very non-specific. I would like specific okay. stories maybe, but oh, okay, feel okay, free. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know we had time for that. You're like really brushing. You don't, you don't have to out people, but like feel free to out people. Okay. Worst shoot. Oh, there's like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well like I had a shoot that um I had to learn 20 minutes of choreography in yeah. two weeks and then film it in in a one take in like two sets of one take so actually it was like two 10 minute pieces um but it had to do it in like this like crazy amount of time and yeah. then um had to like do full on more than four pieces <laughs> of costume and, bah, bah. Like, um and the shoot was supposed to be like three hours and it ended up being like seven hours and it was like a nightmare it was like the it was a nightmare not today, um, not today. i couldn't walk the day after <laughs> we don't like shoots that do that uh unless the pay is great Unless the pay is great, which is not and, this one. And it's it's of um, value. Yeah. I'm not sure that this one was that, but it was certainly <laughs> one. <laughs> um, best and worst advice given to you and taken? I have, uh, this isn't directly answering your question. I'm so sorry. I have a hard relationship with the advice of just follow your dreams. Oh, yes. I don't like that one at all like all the celebrities and all the people who are just like just follow your dreams i'm like shut follow up follow your bliss like shut up there's a real world out here <laughs> um so i don't like it when anyone tells me that it's like no there's a lot of planning and you know thing like we have to try really hard but um yeah <laughs> just follow your dreams like just kind of pisses me off um the best advice you have to let me think more about these, but like, I'll just give a kind of shitty one right now because you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to get this. We're going on three hours yeah. now, which again, you're the one I'm asking me questions. Like, I'm not. I'm so fine with this, but I thought, you know. It's like, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right, you're right. Um, the be the best advice is drink water, which I still I'm not following. <laughs> Flavored water, maybe. Yeah, that's like a step up for me, but. I just forget okay. and have you good. ever given bad advice by the way I'm always intrigued by this probably like who's coming to me if I don't know anything I'm just figuring this out as I go do you do you remember giving a bad advice to maybe like a friend when I don't know somebody might have asked you like about a relationship problem or oh, like sure. a dance situation I and you were relationship one because I'm the worst at relationship oh, really? advice. like I I just live in my own bubble of just being myself so <laughs> Ooh, like, I, I love... don't know <laughs> emotions in a romantic situation no, I don't know I love I love living vicariously through people's lives now and like giving Seema auntie matchmaking yeah sort of situation. but I'm like I'm yeah. not like I'm not certified whatsoever I actually take over people's tinder accounts and actually make them go on dates really okay like you seem like the one have you I feel like you're the one like you're like hmm did I give bad advice or was that good advice <laughs> no I've not I've not had a bad ratio of getting people in relationships and also getting people on dates like that's Ooh. always my mission wow that's not mine I'll tell you that one <laughs> not mine my mission is for people to be in love Oh yeah, I'm um, like, it's not really. Yeah, I'm like, wait, why aren't you hanging out with me? They're like, oh, I have like a relation, like I'm going, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Bye. Overrated and underrated. Most 
but not yours, most overrated piece of work created film, theater, or anything, and most um, underrated? Um, overrated? There's like a lot of that too. <laughs> I don't know. Care to to share a few and not be so politically correct? Wow. (laughs) I'm being politically correct. That's so nice of you to say. Um, Listen, some people, like I had a theater practitioner here and she said Cats the musical or any West End Broadway situation. She just wasn't a fan. Yeah, I'm like just not even into any of that that much, which, you know, um, I would say like most Bollywood stuff. (laughs) (laughs) is <laughs> really overrated. I think, like, all of them, um, if you may. Um, not probably all. Uh, okay, Lagan is still my favorite, for sure. I watched Lagan the other day. I still cannot get over... Like, it just brought back white supremacy for me a little bit, and I was in no, that face. Right. And then, secondly, I every time I think of Lagan, I think of... My heart, you did. Oh, which is the worst part in the whole thing. And you're so right. Born in love. That is so cringe. Oh my god. Okay, hilarious. <laughs> also, can we just talk about the discrepancies in that entire movie? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. Amir Khan and the people go to visit her, mm-hmm. she calls the guy over to translate, and it's not like he's even being utilized because they're talking to him yeah. and they're having a conversation back and forth, and he never speaks in English that much. <laughs> he always speaks in Hindi. What is Listen, the point not of putting him? it up there for politically and like socially, like okay at all? Sound it's just fire, continuity. Though. Come I mean, on, you guys. Like basic storytelling, like stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, like Shah Rukh Khan, like is that great? Like he's not that great. I don't know. I, I don't write him, but, you know, I, I, I get the impact of Shah Rukh Khan in Bollywood. I, I think I'm just here for, like, if Shah Rukh Khan is here in 2021 making movies, why aren't the female co-stars that he worked with? That's that's the only thing. Um, okay, cool. Most underrated. Underrated. Are we, sorry, were we talking about specific genres or, or just anything? No, right? anything. Anything. Oh, okay. Please don't feel be boxed by the Asian community or anything. Oh, of yeah. that sort. Um, it can be a theater piece as well. It can be like, uh, you know, anything. In a lot Shoot. of ways, I really like live in a rock under by myself. <laughs> a lot of things. Um, there's like so many. Okay, I actually still think that MIA is heavily underrated though. I think she's controversial. Have you ever watched her documentary? No, but I'm... Good one. You should. Um. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's get you into some shit. Let's get into some trouble quickly. Let's finish this segment and move on to the next one, which is a really favorite one of mine. Um, Best and worst, uh, most overrated and underrated choreographer? Overrated? Matt Stefanina. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, did I just, okay. (laughs) No, I I mean, it has nothing to do with me. I just know so many people who worship the ground that he walks on. And I'm sure he's a lovely person. I think it's the perception of him. Yeah. I'm not a fan, um, but I'm really him? nice. Like that's, you know. Um, so and underrated. Um, I've been I've been a huge fan of this guy who might have come in here for a second. His name is Sangram Mukhopadhyay. Yeah. Um, he is phenomenal. Based in Kolkata, a um, like between whacking and ODC and like like experimental dance works i'm just such a huge fan he is like oh my god connect connect i love i love finding hidden gems i adore him i've never met him but 
yeah, he's the best. Um, last one. Oh, okay. You can choose either between overrated and underrated trend. That can be either dance trend, fashion trend, clothing trend, anything, or overrated and underrated dancer. Um, fashion trend. Um, overrated, <laughs> like the whole like Adidas thing. Um, the sneaks and stuff, like yeah, the, like you know the. I don't even know. Air Maxes, I guess? No, I don't know what shoes are. I don't really pay attention to these <laughs> I don't wear shoes. I just walk bare feet. Honestly, like, yeah, I do. <laughs> You're right. I do just walk bare feet. <laughs> um, just, like, you know, like, the sneaker trends and stuff? Like, I'm over that. Um, okay. Underrated. Um, bring satchels back. Where'd they go? They're still around. Like, I not have really. them. I think they're called fanny packs or something now. No, they? those are not satchels. satchels I mean, they're kind of the same. Satchels have evolved into fanny packs nowadays. Um, hey. Also, gurtas. Gurtas, like, are the best. Yeah, but you get sweaty and the fabric's itchy. And no, like, you're not wearing the right gurtas. Well, I'm wearing go, the one we'll that... We'll go shopping together. How about that one day? I wear the ones that I can afford. Yeah, no, we're talking about... We go to India, babe. I'll take you around. Han, I won't be allowed in India, firstly. I've had this conversation too many times. <gasps> I am so sorry to interrupt again, but we were just doing the section which is called Sip a Chai and Play with Rai. And in the game sections of the show, there are some segments which are visual, so it would not have made sense on podcast form. So if you would like to watch any of the visuals <laughs> or the video, simply go to YouTube and just type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. Also, I will link everything in the bio or the description below. But without further ado, let's get back to the end of the show. What words of wisdom would you give to your mirror self today? Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Not stolen from Nike, just just keep doing it. Peaks and valleys is a question I ask all of my guests. Uh, peak is a highest point of your personal professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? Um, same with the valleys. Valley is a low point of your personal or professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? If you don't want to be specific, it is absolutely fine. However, if you'd like to be, feel free to be. Mm -hmm. um, highlight would be uh, performing at Lincoln Center uh, ah. with Image. That was like a moment where I was like, wow, we have a breath. Like, we can get anywhere. Like, yeah. anyone can understand this. Like, the audience energy and it was like very diverse um of like where we had been performing like in the past we had a lot of performances that year and then that one was like coming back home to like mixed generation south asian like yeah yeah it was like a that was a proud moment for me um lowest valley would probably be that um when i quit med school and um the like existential crises that came with that as an artist yeah. as well, because I got a lot of what, reckoning. What did that teach you in that time of frame? Um, that I have an inner gut and that it's right. Got it. And it took a while to find that gut and like trust it. But that was a moment where I was like, no, it's there. And it has value. What does the future hold for you as just an overall creative artistic person i think that 
I'm looking to step more into directing. Yeah, directing roles. Um, yeah, I think branching from again where I, like I'm walking towards is not just dance world, but like performing arts, like movement direction kind of space, and like transcending all the borders that come around those things. Um, but I always see image as being the core of what I do and the foundation of like my exploration. There we go. I like love to do the like, you know, touring like our own like evening length shows, but it also like yeah. in the commercial, like creating like, you know, really engaging like short film kind of concepts and stuff like that. So Got all it. of it. The world is big. Oh. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And lastly to end this, what's your favorite type of jar? Ginger jar. Same thing. Cute. What I got. Well, everyone, that brings us to an end, and I hope you enjoyed that. I want to say a massive thank you to the guests for their time. Again, to mention, Chai with Rai is a pre-recorded live show, so to watch any of the videos from the show, simply go to YouTube and type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love, because isn't that what we want at the end of the day? Some love. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow and the people that are on here. Thank you again. And as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. Now I must go. Which means now I must go. I own that. That is copyrighted and I will sue. <laughs> okay. Have a great one. And stay curious. Till next time.